You know, Stone Cold, the man that I need to lead Team WWF, that invasion it is not a Stone Cold Steve Austin who gives me hugs. I don't need the Stone Cold Steve Austin that, that gives me gifts. I don't need the kind of Stone Cold Steve Austin that strums a guitar and sings to me. I am the champion, my friend. Attitude Era podcast. Season 3 continues. And once again, it's me, Cowboy Kevin Mahan, saddling up, invading your ears alongside my cohorts, comrades, and colleagues. First to my right, Mr. Adam Bibolo, or should I say, the old Adam Bibolo. <laughs> I'm talking about the kind of coffee swilling, spewing, I don't take no shit from no one. How you doing? Is, is the old Adam Bibolo the one that would say, I've got a lot to say about this one? Yes, that one specifically. Well, I have got a lot to say about this <laughs> Oh man, you give me that nostalgic vibe already, <laughs> I'm loving it. Like, uh, and to my left, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet, Mr. Billy Kibo. Hello. You alright? Yeah, I'm alright, yeah. I've got to say right now, our last episode, when we talked about Raw, you know, with ECW coming in and all that, we've had an incident. Oh yeah, oh. we have. We've had an incident. Uh, not to use the term Nugget Gate, but uh, I do think we have surpassed Nugget Gate. Is it Badge Gate by any? It's Badge Gate. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can notice from the tone of my voice that I'm not sad about this. No. And you want to know why is this is at home? Because last episode there was a moment where Austin said, "We don't need no stinking badges," and he threw it away, and the crowd popped, and we put our heads together, and we came up with. Anti-badge sentiments. Because, <laughs> you know, we're hip, we're young, we're yeah. cool. Um, and the, the issue from that was was that apparently we accidentally didn't recognize one of the most important parts of the American zeitgeist, mm. which is a misquote from a movie which has then appeared in several other movies, most notably 
Blazing Saddles. Mm. Uh, I've seen Blazing Saddles. I have seen Blazing Saddles. I've seen Blazing Saddles. Was this was this news to all of us then? Uh, yes, because I don't remember every single line from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> what? Yeah. Get out. I remember Mongo punching a horse. He did, didn't he? <laughs> and then there was the bit with the KKK in it as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That was good times. This line, the significance of it? No. no. I mean, for me, it was very confusing because never before, and I swear this has surpassed own heart being called a nugget, never before have we had... I just like I might as well have not released the episode. I feel yeah. because it's, I might as well have just said, "Hey, everyone, we didn't know the line from Blazing Saddles." Tweet in if you know the line from Blazing Saddles, because that's the only feedback. I think I don't even know if the episode was any good or not. Yeah, there was a bit where we talked about Twin Peaks. That was all right, yeah. wasn't it? For huh? us, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was all right. But the reason why I'm happy is because it's not just me this time. It's mm. these two fucking idiots here yeah. as well that I'm sitting beside. So uh, in future, if you're wondering. How come the Outer Podcast didn't know about that? They're just as culpable as me. Uh, Adam Bibolo, Billy Cable, find them on LinkedIn. Let them know that you have seen Blazing Saddles better than uh, they have. I mean, at least we're not Sam Chaplin. Because like, <laughs> if he was in this situation... Don't use his... How dare you bring up... That man is a saint and he will not be sullied on this, this disgusting podcast. I mean, Sam would have gotten away with it. Yeah, it's his Even gimmick, if he so had seen the movie, yeah. he would have gotten away with it. And the moment has now passed where you two could have went, I've not seen that film, mate, and therefore you've been hoisted by your own batard. That would have been worse, I think. Like, you've never even seen Blazing Saddles, never mind forgotten one line from it in particular. Like, I'm okay with it because uh, it's really their fault, you know. You know. So if you're to blame for something and you're just a part of it and mm. you're not the only one to blame, you're fine, doesn't matter. Like. Pretty much, yeah, like, okay. yeah. Well, worth knowing. I think it should be a thing now in all media where if a reference is made, there should be like a little subtitle. Mm. So Pops don't up. care about nose stinker badges, Blazing Saddles reference. It <laughs> made things a lot easier, especially with, like... <laughs> Especially a job like ours, you know, it makes it easier. <laughs> it's we understood a t- it's a tough all the job already. Right. I, I was just saying, you know, you know, these guys, they they thought it's called blazing saddles with it with an n apostrophe, like blazing squad. Mm. So I mean, if there's anyone to blame, it's those two, not me. You know, I tried to stop them, guys. I tried to. I tried to. I couldn't get a word in edgeways. You know, I tried to stop them and you know disparage and blazing saddles. Not like a do so. He's the one that hates Lemmy, though. Don't forget that. Like, <laughs> he might have fans out there. That is all Kevin. Oh, Jesus. When fucking Mel Brooks dies, we're going to hit it up the arse, aren't we? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. So, we've got Invasion to talk about. But before we've got to talk about Invasion, we have to talk about my favourite angle in wrestling ever. I'm going to say, as of 2017, I've had a good think. I've rewatched it. This is my favourite angle because, you know, the kind of Stone Cold Steve Austin who the WWF needs to lead them into invasion, quite frankly, isn't the Steve Austin who gives us hugs. Mm. It's also not the kind of Steve Austin who, quite frankly, plays a guitar. And it's not the kind of Steve Austin who, quite frankly, gives me extemporaneous gifts. (laughs) Damn it, Adam. Damn it, Billy. Don't you know who I need? I need the old Stone Cold. We all need the old Stone Cold. Vince McMahon's promo of the old Stone Cold. Have you guys watched this one recently? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How would you describe it? 
one of the most heartfelt promos ever. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's about to cry the whole way through. I mean, that promo, for me, is like, that's like Vince's last day at work. He's like, I'm going to go out there and fucking blow up the town, mate. Give us, give us the mic, come here, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so intense. We've had angles where he wants to murder his son and divorce his wife, and that hasn't felt as personal as Stone Cold being the new Stone Cold. Like, Oh man, how did Steve Austin keep a straight face the entire time? Because he has that blank Dougie Austin look on him the whole time. And he's like, come on, Steve, motherfucker. He says, I need the kind of Steve Austin. I don't take no shit from no one. <laughs> he can see the blood aneurysm slowly migrating north to his brain, like, you know? I mean, I'm just saying afterwards, can you imagine Vince when he went backstage after that? And they had to, like, put him in a bag of ice. <laughs> Kurt Angle style. Yeah. <laughs> Like Vince is there being fans in a wheelchair afterwards. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm too weak. So he needed the old Stone Cold. Mm. And Austin's response, Adam, to this? Little shake of the head, walk away. I always love that, like, that he doesn't go, no, this ain't right, Vince. He just, like, he's like, what? I no, can't, no, no I, can't, I can't be that guy anymore. It's so funny, knowing what comes at the end of Invasion and then rewatching this. It's like, that's the moment. Like, you can rewind it right there. Like, uh, 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 uh. like there's the pinpoint, the moment that Austin's heart is broken <laughs> and he's never going to be fixed as a result of that. So Austin heads off. He walks away into the distance, the head down, dragging the belt behind him like he's fucking Charlie Brown who's been <laughs> fucked upside the head on Christmas morning. And then Vince goes, Dear, give me a stutter. And then he stops. <laughs> And then he walks away. Oh, I love it. So just, turn around, Stone Cold. Come back, Stone Cold. Damn it, don't leave. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Heartbreaking. Yeah, felt bad for him. Like, honestly, can you think of like if you ever wanted to leave anyone, just go away. And, like you want, you want to keep her lit. Like keep the night going. You, know, you ever had that? Like where someone's like, no, come on, we're having a good time. Damn it, Steve. Have some buck fast with me. Come on, we'll get some. Fucking, we'll get some beers in. It's three in the morning. Come on! It, it almost feels like the scene in AI when Haley Joel Osment gets left left in the woods. <laughs> so if someone could recut that, but have Haley Joel Osment running after the car with Vince McMahon over the top, I think we'd be on to a winner there, lads. Well, it's going to have to be me, isn't it? Now you fucking said it. But who here is going to make that video? I just say, yeah, if anyone like, yeah. <laughs> While you're at it, can you do Austin eating loads of spinach and going, uh, come out. <laughs> Got spinach coming out of my ass. <laughs> so, uh, right, so he couldn't get the old Stone Cold to come back. And this was recapped on Raw with, with sad bassoon music. <laughs> not only is Stone Cold not here, but he's at some local bar drinking. I gotta go find Stone Cold, okay? As in the kind of music they use for the Sandman and Spider-Man 3, like... <laughs> and so Kerr Angle comes in and he says, Huh, not only is Stone Cold not here at Raw, he's away drinking in some bar. And then we get one of my favourite things ever. It's a, it's a trope in wrestling. The adventure to go and find Steve Austin at an undisclosed location. Mm. Love it, where he's drinking. And it's the Friendly Tap, yeah. owned by Timmy White. And he goes in, he sits down, and he's like, Oh, Steve, uh, no one's ever threatened us like... Uh, this WCW ECW creepy coalition. Oh, by the way, Coalition of Chaos, you 
you said that Billy last mm. episode that is officially what I'm calling the 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 alliance <laughs> yeah the COC the coalition of chaos <laughs> like so he asked begs Austin to come on just, just come and talk with me I need you we're going to be fucked on Sunday otherwise and Austin won't even look at him he just keeps turning his head drinking his little beer and on commentary Jim Ross is like oh Steve like he's a whole new level of incensed like Steve Austin is like not only is he deranged he's a coward mm. and he's like of all the nasty things Austin has done this is the worst because I've never thought he was a coward before and he's like oh it's like John Wayne not being a racist it's just not right is it like, <laughs> you know it's just not the same so then we have Austin later on we cut to the bar he's just playing a bit of pool <laughs> when he's cutting playing pool and Jim Ross goes oh come on now's <laughs> not the time to be playing snooker Steve come on like and uh, who comes out to uh, the, the Royal of the Troops? We have a little bit of a town hall meeting. We don't need no Steve Austin, Farouk, Bradshaw, Vince McMahon. They bring in tonight's special guest speaker, classy Freddie Blassie. Gentlemen, there comes a time when every man must fight for what he believes in. You understand? Now is the time. Get up, stand up. Let's do it, guys. And fight! When was the first time you guys saw Classy Freddy Bassy, like in the flesh? Yeah, this here it would have been when I was really? a kid and they wheeled him out here and I was like, who's that? Like, and everyone was like, oh, he's like, wow, it's really powerful, isn't it? Like, is it? Who's he? <laughs> he's old! Some old guy. <laughs> Think for me, I think it was the short that Andy Kaufman made my dinner with Blassie. Oh yeah, I think that's the first thing I saw Freddie Blassie in. Before you watched Added Era pay per view, yeah. he was narrating everything like. Yeah, it was when I was mad obsessed with Man on the Moon, and then subsequently Andy Kaufman. Ah, I watched that. Freddie Blassie is a very interesting individual. He has like lived the most interesting life of any wrestler because I think everyone knows Freddie Blassie as being like a manager. As being like one of the great managers and, and all that, and calling him a pencil neck geek. He had a hit single, by the way, <laughs> with pencil neck geek. Like, and if there's one thing lower than a sideshow freak, it's a gritty, scum sucking pencil neck geek. He also was like, he was an accomplished wrestler. Like, he was Vince's senior, is one of his top guys for many years. He wrestled in Japan in the 60s. <laughs> what a weird fucking life he's led. It's amazing. So, Freddie Bassey cuts a big and passionate speech that also featured speeches from The Undertaker. The Undertaker said Sunday, Invasion was big because we got to finally find out who was the phony brave and the crazy tough. <laughs> What is it with him and that? Like, he does like Wait, that. Wait, no, or is it phony, tough, and crazy brave? Phony, tough, and crazy phony, brave. Phony, tough, and crazy... I keep getting them mixed up. But it's a rubbish thing to say anyway. Like, phony, tough... And crazy... That happened before in a previous episode. Because yes. he just went around and be like, time to find out who's the phony, tough, and the crazy brave. It was when he was on commentary on SmackDown Crawl, just before... Oh, yeah. Just before he left for his divorce. And me and Kevin were like, well, obviously, he's just... His heart's not in it, so he's just making up any old shit. But I've heard it on, like, at least two or three other occasions now where he says phony tough and crazy brave what is that I'd love to know some sort of old gunslinger expression. oh shit it's gonna be another blazing saddles fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great wasn't it it was fucking brilliant when he said crazy brave great reference there I got it he, I like his way that he just said it he didn't add anything just said it like that perfect great so Steve Austin is watching this in the bar and 
even talking about this, I'm getting goosebumps. As stupid as this is, like Freddie Bassey coming out, like all the town hall, there's our truth in the front row, like, oh, yeah. Perry with his mop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> banging on the table, like, as Freddie Bassey goes, the time has come for all of you to stand up, get up, stand up, and fight. And everyone's going, yeah. And he gets out of his wheelchair. Yeah. Oh, my God. By the power of the WWF love. All their WWF spirits and souls. Like the, the first Pokemon, Pokemon. movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like all it, their tears yeah. revitalized. Yeah. Glass. If there was anyone in there who was made of stone, they'd be sorted now. Like, you know, they'd be all right. They'd be good for Sunday. And Austin catches this in the corner of his eye. And he's, I love his acting here because he's like... I'm not watching that. No, I'm just playing some pool. Maybe I'll watch a little. Don't, Steve. Don't let his words in. No. Build a wall, Steve. Build a wall. <laughs> and then he looks at it. He smashes the pool cue, throws the ball and walks off. And it's like, where's Steve going? And then he shows up and kills the entire coalition of chaos. Single-handedly, pretty much. The Undertaker team and all our guys are fighting for all they've got. Hey, it's the best thing ever particularly because Jim Ross has an orgasm as Steve Austin's coming out with the greatest phrase ever which is is it is it the old stone it looks like the old stone cold by god he's a walking by god he's a talking <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like loads it's like Steve Austin's just coming in like I got you you're dead bang you're dead bang you're dead everyone get down I got special wizard armor <laughs> I think it's six stunners I think Fucking I, I think I counted it six stunners he gives here. Love it. I absolutely love it. And that is our setup. That is the stage being set now for invasion. It is the highest grossing non-WrestleMania pay-per-view in WWF history. This is invasion. My countrymen and my friends, I had hoped against hope that some miracle would prevent a devastating war and bring to an end the invasion. This most serious threat World Wrestling Federation has ever known. The long-term future of sports entertainment could change forever. A succession of actual wars have shaken the entire world and have threatened to bring on the gigantic conflict, which is today unhappily a fact. Come right. We will kick WCW and ECW. 
hate war. You know what, lads? I'll tell you something. I've seen war. Fucking hate war. Yeah. Damn war. I saw the world at war. That was great, though. Mm. Classic documentary right there. Oh, I love this promo package. The invasion is proper not World War Two, though, is it? What are you it's talking like, about? It's proper not comparable. ECW or Japan? WCW? I'm not saying they're a front for the Nazis, but I mean, come on, like, I mean, WCW are clearly meant to be Germany or maybe Germany and Italy. Uh, but yeah, sure, it's World War Two, right? <laughs> I think it's more like Vietnam because no one gives a shit. <laughs> no one's really sure why we're fighting, <laughs> yeah. man. You know, and what's the stake here? Exactly. <laughs> and everyone in WCW has gotten out of the draft somehow. <laughs> Goldberg's got some serious bone spurs, like you know. WWF, I love that they will always play themselves as being the victim. And also, the victim is United States of America in 1940, like. I just love it. It's like, oh, these bastards coming over here. We're just going to have to, you know, muscle up our superior firepower and numbers and artillery and wipe them off the face of the earth. Poor us. I love Stephanie. It's just monstrous now. Like, so shrill. Like, no force of nature, no act of God. It's fucking Tell horrifying. She, she's turned into a fucking Skeksy from Dark Crystal. <laughs> That's what she's turned into. The noises she makes throughout this paper. I was going to go read a repulsa, but maybe she's a little bit too coherent, like, you know. <laughs> Although Stephanie, I do believe, was trapped in a garbage container between 2003 and 2004. So, you know. <laughs> the use of Patton, J. Edgar Hoover, all these famous figures, like, at least they didn't pop in. I swear there's going to be a, I have a dream. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of a single wrestling company standing proud. I have a dream of a wrestling monopoly. <laughs> Lots of gunshots, bombs, explosions, kapowies and kablooies. I think it's one of my favourite promo packages ever. It's not one of my favourites, but it's a damn good one. Yeah. If only for Heyman screaming death to sports entertainment. Oh, Paul Heyman, a.k.a. the smartest man in wrestling for this entire period we're talking about. I'll get into it later, but Heyman has got a lot of great sound bites here. Heyman single-handedly has manipulated the world of wrestling around him. And I'm not just talking about, like, kayfabe. I'm talking about IRL. We'll get into it more later. But Heyman cut some pretty interesting promos on SmackDown after the old Stone Cold came back and after we had the ECW faction joining in. Paul was managing to try and pivot this into what his idea was of the invasion. And Paul cut these promos and you never really hear of it again until Paul talks about it later in November, which is he is sick of sports entertainment. That's what WWF is. It's a fucking cartoon show. He is here for wrestling. He misses wrestling, wrestlers. That's what people are here to see, not sports entertainment. And you've not lived until you've seen Shane McMahon, Stephanie, DDP, and fucking Mark Jindrak go, yeah, fuck sports entertainment, <laughs> wrestling. And Paul Heyman did this whole thing. It's like death to sports entertainment. Long live wrestling. Like he's been CM Punk in 2011 <laughs> here pretty much. He also cut a promo in Latin. Dominic, Dominic, in nomine patri, in fili, in spirito santos, amen. Death to sports entertainment. Death to the W, W, uh. Why? <laughs> Why? 
Do you, you want watch anyone the, to watch the West Wing, mate? <laughs> it's pretty much like <laughs> President Barlow, like cutting a promo in Latin. He made everyone in the uh, coalition take a name. They all got that. Uh, they all took a knee and they all looked down at the ground. And he's like, going, Menos Donos, Ominous Domini, Ashes to Ashes, Menos Don Ominous. He cut a fucking promo in Latin to get this shit over. <laughs> now, you want to get record breaking buy rates? I'm just saying, look at the ones where there's been Latin promos, Invasion, <laughs> and the ones where there's not been, One Night Stand. And you'll see, uh, pretty much that's what it is here. The poster for Invasion, Vince and Shane merged together yeah. in one. Uh, what do you think of that? I guess Stephanie's just not involved then, maybe. <laughs> like, this, you know, the poster really sums up that it's meant to be WWF versus WCW. Like, and it was fine for before they did mm. ECW joining it and everything. But this, to me, just makes it seem like ECW were meant to join after Invasion. Or were they meant to join at all? Well, yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> I mean, that's very much meant to look... It's like Vince versus Shane. Yeah. And clearly, from the last episode that we did, it's very obvious that this has been, like, booked on the fly. Yeah. And yeah. you'll find out how on the fly it is. Like, it's ridiculous. So I think it was literally like, okay, ECW and Steph are in it now. But the lads down at our department did such a good job on that poster that I don't want to do another one. <laughs> I'm just saying, like to promote us doing season three, I tried to make a little poster. It's like, because we're not related. There's that. Like, but I mean, if there'd been two of us, like there's Vince and Shane, that's not so bad. But if they had tried to squeeze Stephanie in there as well, it would have looked horrific. It looked, the one of us looked like Legion from that one episode of Red, Red Dwarf. Dwarf. <laughs> yes, it really did. <laughs> I thought it was like in Under or Undertale. It looks like the weird kind of amalgamation in there and that like we're all individually very cute but together somehow we lose that cuteness and become monstrous so I mean you know what I'll say we should release that image we're not going to use it as the episode artwork that's horrifying but I think we should just see it to kind of go hey when your boys get smushed together we're pretty scary (laughs) so don't fuck with us like did you notice that when they they went like after the package was over it did the Shane Vince face mm. but it flashed Stephanie it was like <laughs> Stephanie and Shane and Shane and Vince and then Vince and Stephanie so they kind of put her in there they mm. should have mixed Stephanie and Heyman I'd like to see that like, composite image oh like they can fucking figure out who's meant to be in charge <laughs> seriously Heyman comes out and he's like I'm the boss of ECW and then Stephanie's like I'm the boss of ECW and Paul's like right boss <laughs> in the next segment he's like Spike as the boss of ECW I need to tell you to come to the ECW offices like where is that your ma's house like <laughs> I would have hoped with the poster though they would have done a special edition like laminate with yeah. the holographic, holographic. Yeah. yeah maybe the world is not ready for a holographic pay-per-view poster pay-per-view kicks off who have we got in commentary for us tonight JR and Cole hey hey how about that that combo that combo huh Mm. that being said Cole's okay tonight not bad much better than normal he's 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 pretty good (laughs) to be fair last time we saw him we were watching a lot of 2011 stuff so he's obviously going to be better by comparison but I mean even like when we were watching him you know, the the bits that he was doing in 99 and stuff like that when he was on commentary with King. Like, yeah. and he's so fucking bad. And jeez, we're doing Smackdown Crawl at the moment. And he, like, it's taped to fuck. Mm. And it's so pre-recorded and pre-done. And it's still awful. He does one of his better nights on commentary here yeah. tonight. I can't help but miss Paul on commentary, though. Like, Heyman is, like, sorely missed yeah. here. Really, like, the annoying thing is, is that you've got two play-by-play guys that are both pro-WWF. It would have made way more sense to have Heyman on commentary and he can be the heel like they normally have that's what they go with yeah. but I think like it's Heyman his, in his mind I think 
maneuvered himself into a main event non-speaking wrestling manager authority figure spot mm. that's you know you don't vince in your ear all night that's a much sweeter deal than having yeah. to sit there being shouted at I would like to see Aaron Anderson and Scott Hudson whisper their objections. <laughs> I don't know. I think WCW is good. No, it's not. Okay, guys. <laughs> Guess I won't do that then. Should have brought Mark Madden in. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, don't say that. Because <laughs> if we're doing how-to commentary and how-to wrestling, and like a few people have been like, yeah, I don't like Mark Madden. He just he searches his name, and then he's like, well, I made it, and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I have been told on four separate occasions now, and others included in the tweets, that I have not made it or I didn't do it but Mark Madden did whatever it is he did he's done it I haven't wrestled Mean Gene Oakland either so you know and I've not gotten you know I got, I got beaten up by Tank Adam and had my breasts fondled on television either so yeah you did it Mark you really did it <laughs> do you reckon all of us lot and Joe as like a podcasting family can get Mark Madden to come on an episode or a recording of some sort and really I- tackle this issue head on knowing him he's probably in here right now like <laughs> MTV like instead of GTV just Mark Madden is just secretly watching all wrestling media like seeing if he gets mentioned and then responding with anger <laughs> what a prick <laughs> what a prick what did you call you called him the welding uh, statue of a wax pig no, 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 I called him the um, the corpse of a bloated pig yeah or, uh, the, the corpse of a drowned pig because <laughs> <laughs> he looks moist which is the worst way for a pig to die yeah. like you know the scariest like there's, way there's a difference between a dead pig and then a dead pig in a body of water <laughs> like there's a difference there there's swelling there's swelling there <laughs> um, of course uh, Paul Heyman leaving commentary is not the only change we've had on Smackdown Taz has left as well so JR and Cole are running the whole show in wow. terms they're doing double duty on Raw and Smackdown hearing JR on Smackdown is quite strange but Cole is very heartbroken because he has to explain to his kids what the heck has happened to Uncle Taz <laughs> His kids love Taz so much, you see, Billy, that they miss him. And they're like, oh, what? And he's like, he's indignant. What am I going to do? Go home and tell the kids where Uncle Taz is? How he's not going to come to their birthday party anymore? Here you go. Here I am. Uncle Taz. Thank you. <laughs> Russian Taz a lot of fries. On his Can you take the fries off? They are extremely hot. <laughs> Here's you. Taz will smell like, oh, you got the stink. <laughs> and before Unky Taz is opened, he called up Heyman on the phone, like to ask him if it was okay, get his blessing, your tears, and all that. You know, so. This is the last big number that the WWF do on pay per view until like WrestleMania, pretty much forever. Because you know, like it used to be when we were talking about in the Attitude podcast in season one. The first, you know, you get these random people. The King of the Ring would draw this crazy big buy rate, or SummerSlam would draw this crazy big buy rate. Nothing comes with an arse's roar of this for years. ECW One Night Stand 2005, they thought would do this like around 700,000, and it didn't. It did like 300, and that was like, that was the last one they thought could come close to it. So I think the thing about this is a lot of people, judging from the fact we're still getting Goldberg chance on SmackDown and Raw. <laughs> Like, they ain't coming now, man. Yeah. They ain't coming to join the coalition of chaos, like. But you can understand it, because at this point, it's been so underwhelming, the stars they brought in from WCW. You'd be right to thinking they're holding back. Still, some Big surprise yeah. coming up, because co- there's no way this is really going to be it. There's got to be a big surprise around the corner. No company's going to get a stud like Bagwell go by the wayside. <laughs> They'll work things out. So, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of people had faith. I think it shows you there was a level of faith and goodwill that wrestling fans had at this 
this time that I don't think they have anymore. You know, people would willing to take a, a risk and buy this. Oh boy, hope they book WCW and ECW well here tonight. Start off, currently in the ring, Lance Storm and Mike Awesome. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Currently in the ring. Oh, Jesus Christ, lad. Don't even get an entrance. No. I will say, though, Lance Storm has gotten mic time in the last mm. few weeks, and he has been an absolute treasure. He has told everyone that he is here to bring seriousness back to professional wrestling. Title shots are serious business, Perry, and you should not bring a mop to the ring for an Intercontinental Championship match. He also has a problem with Edge and Christian because offbeat shenanigans have no place in professional wrestling. <laughs> offbeat shenanigans. Offbeat shenanigans. Edge and Christian responded by saying that offbeat shenanigans rule and did a jumping high five. Like, Woo-hoo. Every time Lance Storm gets a microphone, he gets interrupted. And every time he does, he does the big dramatic, like, fucking turn to, like, how dare you? <laughs> so. Maybe these guys will get on well here. I mean, you've got four incredible wrestlers in the ring. Edge, yeah. Christian, mm-hmm. Awesome, and Storm. I'm very well excited for this one. I will say, though, Mike Awesome also got Mike time. He had his fabled awesome pants uh, moment. 15 minutes after that, he lost his hardcore championship. No. Shut up! <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. You know what they did with the WCW lads? Vince brought them all in. This is like IRL, not kayfabe. Before the Raws, he brought them all in, and in front of everyone, he gave them all WCW shirts and made them all put them on. Right. So, to separate them. So, these are the WCW guys. Make sure you treat them different. Make sure you hate each other. <laughs> like, it is kind of silly when you think about it. Everyone here is a WWF contracted yes. Yes. employee. So, what's the fucking... Uh, that's just like, hey, make sure you all hate each other and don't get on, and yeah. this angle is going to fucking blow. So, Monster Mike Awesome, they've had some moments. They've had some matches on Heat, on Raw and SmackDown. Lance took on Chris Jericho on a random SmackDown. It was fucking amazing. The set design, muy bueno. I love yeah, this. Yeah, it's good. Great. Very good. you got dedicated entrances for the WWF and the Coalition of Chaos, mm-hmm. which were referred to at one point as WECW. <laughs> World Extreme Championship Wrestling? Yeah. Uh, We're also calling them WCW and ECW. This contingent of WCW and ECW. Or as my my favourite one, the superstars of WWF this Sunday will be fighting the stars of WCW and Uh. the stars of ECW. No adjectives for you guys. JR doubts that Mike Awesome and Lance Storm can work together as a team. They literally tank together in WCW as Team Canada. I don't watch WCW, and I'll be damned if I'm going to research anything. <laughs> you might as well delete the network. <laughs> JR bigs up awesome. You know, he says he's a he's, he's a big stud, mean guy. He's not had any real moments on TV other than winning that hardcore belt. When Edge and Christian come out together, this is the best their sunglasses have ever been because it tells you everything about their new dynamic now. you got Edge, cool guy. He's a cool dude. Everyone loves Edge. And then you got Christian next to him. The biggest fucking twat on the planet. Like they, they have got to the point now where it's not even funny. He comes on screen and I'm actually angry. <laughs> Take them fucking things off now. That's brilliant. I've never. I've always loved Christian sunglasses. I've never actually viewed it. Like he's overcompensating. Like. Yeah. He's an asshole. He's trying to get more attention. And he's mm. still carrying the trophy as well. Yeah. He walks in front of Edge as well <laughs> yeah. all the time. It's fucking brilliant. And they've they've dialed back on this now. Like they've been buddy buddy on Raw and SmackDown. So they're really it's a slow build with Edge and Christian here. You get a few moments here in the match where it's like, oh, these guys 
not working together well, but by and large, Edge and Christian are kicking ass as a tag team. Really, really high-flying offense. This is the first time we've seen these guys as a face since, mm. like, 1999, yeah. I guess? So, this is awesome to see. DR said that the atmosphere backstage is tense. There were no guys playing cards earlier on here tonight, folks. Oh, um, man. No okay. card games. God. Mike Awesome and Lance Storm double-team Christian. JR says that the officials have all been chosen via coin toss. I know for a fact that that phrase gave him a little boner. He loves stuff being decided by a coin toss. It's like, like Harvey Dent, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, except uh, heads the WCW official. <laughs> Batman didn't watch wrestling. He was always very confused as to what was going on. The fans screams, Go back to Canada! He's not having any fun here tonight. Everyone in the ring is from Canada. <laughs> Didn't get any USA chance though, thankfully. Awesome is so dialed back here compared to ECW. If you go see any of his Tanaka matches, yes. Yes. who's this lad in the ring then? Like, yeah, I was really underwhelmed actually. I was looking forward to seeing him in an in-ring match and really let down. It's really dumb as well because like, I, I'm a bit disappointed in likes of Mike Austin. I mean, you'd think you'd know for some little things like he's not hit his finisher on TV yet. Mm. The awesome bomb. You, know, you put him up on the shoulder, you run, you fuck him, and then bam, you go through a table, you go to the outside of the ring. It's a big move. He keeps setting up all these spots where he's like, put him up on the shoulder, and the crowd aren't reacting, and neither are the announcers. Because no one knows that's his finisher. Yeah. That's like basic stuff, surely, to get people over, you'd think. They know how to get people over, Kevin. They know exactly how to get people over. <laughs> it's, it's not a mistake. <laughs> awesome does hit the awesome splash, though. Seeing oh, the big man fly. So good, that yeah. splash. He is a fucking stud, Mike Awesome. Like, these two guys here, Awesome and Storm, they are so good fundamentally and are pretty much blank canvases. They could put their stamp on them if they want to. But I wonder by the end of this invasion if these lads are going to have anything going for themselves at all. Doubt it. Even though they're probably the two best workers they've got on the entire coalition. Hot egg to Tanj! <laughs> Fuck's sake. It's been ages coming up with that Oh, one. come on! Pause the network and had a good thing. <laughs> <Hang on. laughs> Wait a minute. Get loads and loads of roll-ups with Edge and Lance Storm here. Christian pushes the small package to help Edge win. Even though they're good guys, they're still sneaky fuckers. Lance avoids a spear with a leapfrog. Edge still spears awesome. Fucking brilliant. This match was actually ahead of its time, I think, is what you could describe it as. Yeah. The fact that you've got four guys, and there's only one hot tag, but they're constantly moving parts. All four guys are doing stuff all the time. It's awesome. Christian Spears, awesome. Mid-awesome bomb mm. to pick up the win for Edge and Christian. Fucking loved it. WWF win. WCW, ECW, zero. So it's one to nil. Although, on the heat beforehand... Chavo Guerrero beats Scotty Chuhati. Mm. They only decide this later on to tell you about this, so it's technically one apiece now yeah. tonight here on Invasion. What do you think of that match? Fucking amazing. Pretty great. Yeah. yeah. The only bad thing is we didn't discuss it is uh, that awkward fall that Christian had when he <sighs> tried to do it. it was like a poetry oh. emotion, was it? Where he jumped off of Edge to try and do a suicide dive and just completely whiffs it and falls on his head oh Jesus but aside from that it was a really good match I really enjoyed it maybe Michael Hayes would put like a special computer chip in his brain he's like no dude go this way and hurt yourself (laughs) like backstage Vince McMahon's very happy yes yes Edge and Christian reek of awesomeness damn right come on in Mr. McMahon yeah did you just see that yes that's the way you started invasion wonderful yes 
That's the spirit. Uh, I just thought I'd inform you that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Miss Deborah have just arrived. Would you like me whoa, to... Whoa, whoa, The old Stone Cold. Oh, yes. Yeah. Drinking and smashing people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Would you like me to go and inform him to come? You know, given the abduction of Deborah and all of that, you know, and I know the frame of mind that Stone Cold is in, why don't we just give him a little bit of space at the moment, all right? But you should be thinking about your match with Raven. I cannot believe that that punsy little toe rag would even even dare challenge me. I mean, I'm the commissioner. What is he thinking? I don't know what he's no thinking, but, but all you have to do is to go out and do exactly what George Washington did to King George's redcoats in the Revolutionary War. Absolutely smear them, bloody them up. That's all you've got to do. Maybe that was a bad example, but you understand. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yes! Yeah! Agent Christian Reek of awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a little dance. <laughs> Inexplicably was reminded of Vince from Camp WWE all throughout the night here. <laughs> He's like a pig in shit all night long. He's so happy. I never get to see happy Vince that you can be happy with him. Yeah, you can actually enjoy seeing him being happy. Like, on SmackDown, after Old Stone Cold came back, it was fucking precious. He was literally like fucking Seymour waiting for a fry to come home. He was there at the door. <laughs> Like any, like any news on Stone Cold being here yet? Uh-uh, not just Stone, the old Stone Cold. Is he gonna be here later on the night? He sat there, literally vibrating on the chair, like he's got fucking worms or something. And in comes Sergeant Slaughter, and he goes, Vince, I've got some news for you. And you know, straight away, Vince stands up, goes, "What is it? What's going on?" He's like, "If you want to sit down for this, Vince, um, I just want you to know that." That Stone Cold Steve Austin is here! And then Vince gets up and goes, ah, 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 the old Stone Cold! And the two of them are like, doing a little dance together, like, woohoo! Like they've won a minigame at Mario Party. They go, wee! He's so happy! I he, hope it goes well for him. He even got hit by a guitar and loved every second of it. <laughs> Austin was acting suspect on that SmackDown, wasn't he? Yeah. He was very quiet, like, he came in late. He finally arrived, Vince was like, Oh, Steve, can I get you a beer? He's like, oh, I don't want beer now, maybe I'll have a beer later. I'll just take a water. And he says nothing, and he's really quiet, little smile on his face, smashes Vince over the head of the guitar at one point. I've christened this version of Steve Austin, Richard. Fuck! Fucking beat me Because he's kind of like, he's not quite one or the other, is he? Are you back 100%? Are you, though? Are you Richard and Linda? <laughs> I was so pleased with myself for coming up with that. <laughs> oh, shit, I might have ruined the next like, three pages. <laughs> Drop a little hint. <laughs> I do love that Vince is dressed exactly like Michael from GTA 5 now. Yeah. <laughs> big blue suit on. He's like, Daddy's home. <laughs> no one better steal this man's boat, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Chili Willy Regal arrives in with his amazing tattoo and grey commissioner polo shirt. Which I want. Mm, he is just wearing pants. Though. He is. He's, he's got the Randy Orton look out on there. Top no pants like. He says that uh, Stone Cold is here. And Vince again is like, yeah, the old Stone Cold, I think you'll find. <laughs> All right, we say he's Richard at the moment, though. He's not really Richard, though, is he? He's the evil doppelganger, Mr. A, isn't he? That's why he's just <laughs> hanging around there up to no good. Regal doesn't know why he has to face Raven tonight. <laughs> It's an invasion, man. <laughs> You've got to fight someone. There's a designated match for you, man. <laughs> do you want a check, like? I mean, you can go to catering if you want. I'm sure the fucking S.A. Rios will do it if you want. 
McMahon psychs Regal up with the thought of the blood of English patriots. Alright. Go on, we can always look at it in the open. Go on, say it. Go on, say they're heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Just got uncomfortable rather quick. <laughs> Kevin has turned beet red and looks really serious right All I'll now. say is we'll have our revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Fucking hell. We're coming for you, America. <laughs> Wait, as long as you don't go after Ireland again, like, you know, we're, we're all right, like, you nah, know. Bigger we're fish to fry, mate. We're, we're <laughs> <laughs> Not even on the priority list. <laughs> What's going on? Let's get back to the wrestling, can't we? <laughs> See, like, anyone listening in America is probably thinking, I've always just had a suspicion that all English people are just, you know, biding their time. They are. They are. Help! Send help! I'm here in their homelands! I'm in fucking Bowser's castle! Come get me, you pricks! Oh, they think you're English anyway, mate. Like, they don't know what you... Why do they keep thinking that? I'm clear. Oh, you're that English guy who surprisingly hates the English on the Adjero podcast. What's he all about, anyway? Always going on about his brogues. For fuck's sake. All I'm saying is don't forget who butters your bread. <laughs> Don't you quote Irish jam at me, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, we might as well, we're in the right mind frame for this next yeah, match. Yeah, Jesus. Tricky Mickey Patrick taking on Earl the Scalper Hebner in a referee's rules match. Hey, I'm telling you for this last time, keep your crappy shirts on the old side. Hey, we'll put our stuff anywhere we want. You won't put, put your stuff around here anywhere, pal. Who's going to stop us? We're going to stop the situation not just affecting the superstars and the stars at WCW, but they were the officials, the referees, going at it in the locker room area. Nick Patrick can be extremely biased in these sort of situations. What is this all about? Well, I'd like to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but this guy gives officiating a bad name. That looked like a quick count to me, JR. You're damn right it was a quick count. Shady officiating by Nick Patrick. How can you allow this to happen? What can I do? What can you do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can stand up for yourself, man. You can run over to Nick Patrick's dress room now, you can kick the door in, and you can challenge Nick Patrick to a match at Invasion. Hey, you think you'd be tough guy? How about a match you and I in Invasion? Oh, I'd love to have a match with you in Invasion. How about a little preview right now? Hey, Nick Patrick, So fucking pumped. <laughs> Seriously. As soon as I saw this, I was so pumped. I knew this would be your match of the night. I fucking love this. Everyone was down on this. Like, when it was happening, like, oh, this is so dumb. Like, putting the referees in there. What a stupid gimmick. And, like, I read all the recaps and reports. Everyone hated this. I remember when I saw it as a kid, everyone I watched with hated it as well. And I just kind of hated it by default. <laughs> Legitimately, one of my favourite matches here tonight as well. <laughs> yeah, really? I fucking loved everything about this. This started over them hanging up shirts. Why <laughs> don't <laughs> you guys keep them stupid WCW shirts out here? Why don't you take your WWF shirts out here? <laughs> I love like fucking Earl Hebner came in. He was like Brie Red to Willie Real going, they put their shirts on our side. He's like, well, come on then, challenge them to a match. He's like, I will. <laughs> 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 fucking 
fucking going to sell all the opposing side shirts in the whoever wins this. It's, like it's a, just a shame it wasn't Tim White. I would have loved to have seen mm. Tim White beat the shit out of Patrick. With all due respect, I don't think Tim's heart would have been up for it. Like, no. you know, Earl Hebner as well. Like, I mean, come on. Of all the people to fucking fight here tonight, he looks like he's going to die throughout this whole match. <laughs> he's bright red. So we get a recap of Shady Nick Patrick's Shady officiating. An actual full-on video package for this match. Fucking love it. I love so much about this. I love the Jim Ross says, I knew Nick Patrick's father, and he will be ashamed of this boy. <laughs> He's a 53-year-old man. <laughs> I fucking can't wait. I was, I was literally vibrating for this. Like The only thing that could have got me more excited was the Fink versus Buffer or something like that. <laughs> I'll do it I'll beat you and I'll do it for a tenth of the price <laughs> a hundredth of the price so Mick Foley is a special guest referee here tonight mm-hmm. yeah we get a uh, a Foley is a good sign but there is a woman blocking the D so it says Foley is good <laughs> <laughs> and that really made me laugh that shouldn't be that funny <laughs> fucking hell like say like TNA around 2012 Foley pretty much was goo at that point <laughs> like, you know, you'd run through your fingers if you couldn't you know, get your hands on him so Foley's special guest referee the reason he is is because in storyline after he got fired they did this great little thing it was just like he said it once in an interview before WrestleMania 17 he went up to Stanford and even though he couldn't be commissioner him and Linda signed a series of contracts which is like look we'll promote your book in exchange you will be a goodwill ambassador for WWF and also you've got like three or four stipulations and it was always like who's going to referee the match like WrestleMania 17 Foley was like well I have a contract here that says it's good for one special ref thing and he came in here tonight and said well I'll referee this one if you want because no one else wants to ref it no one can be fair and I'll ask for something special in return (laughs) more on that later Mick Patrick coming out to that fucking music looking like a surly old fucking pig I fucking love it (laughs) the smug fuckers (laughs) all these WCW refs like Lil Nature his arms crossed looks like smudge smug preps I love it it looks like a fucking group of EDL activists with their white polo shirts on like you know Patrick looks like a fucking sour old curmudgeon and he is so fucking pissed off looking the whole match I hated him as a kid I thought he was an ugly mean terrible referee and I wanted him to be fired (laughs) little did he know how accurate he was (laughs) The WCW referees look like the world's lamest stag do. We've got shirts made. <laughs> hey guys, what are you going to do tonight? I don't know. Let's see if other people are having fun and stop it. So many of the WWF reps made me pop. I'm like, hey, there's fucking Merle Hebner. Way hey, there's Teddy Long. Way hey, there's the guy who did our intro. <laughs> who was that again who did our intro? Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy Corderas is there as well. Fucking A. I love it. Tim White. Straight away when Hebner's there, JR's putting him over strong and he says, I, I had to write this down, Earl Hebner is loyal. He bleeds WWF blood. And then he fucking sells it on for a profit immediately. Like, Dirty bastard. He's selling other people's blood as well. Like, <laughs> when Earl's coming out as well, Jim Ross is like, he's like talking about like someone talking about their crazy mate. Like, oh, he'll fight you. 
Earl will fight you. <laughs> Earl's a crazy motherfucker. Don't don't think he's a, he'll kill you. He eats glass like he's a fucking madman. Like he'll smash a glass over your head and then drink his own blood and then fight you. He's a dangerous man, Earl Hebner. He's crazy. He'll stand over you for waiting for you to wake up, and then when you wake up, he'll tell you that Ric Flair wants to see your impression on him. While he's <laughs> That's a nice little Hebner reference for you. The pop he gets though from the crowd. Oh yeah, man, he gets a big pop. Mm. Hebner, I think everyone always kind of, I think Earl himself included thinks that he's always over forever and infamous because of Montreal. I really, really think, particularly with our age demo, a big part of it is the he's, whole thing with Earl when, in the edge era when he was fucked over by Triple, Triple H. H. Yeah, that and was it. he was it. so sympathetic. I had this image in my head. It was There was a time where like, it was like The Rock and Nick Patrick and it was against like Triple H and Xbox or something. And Triple H, like, he beat the shit out of Earl in the match and Earl had to be stretchered out. And like The Rock, who was never showed sympathy for anyone under unless under very intense circumstances... He walked out with Earl and like he just tapped him on the shoulder as Earl's been taken out of the stretcher and Rock was like, Motherfuck, Earl's been hurt. This is the darkest fucking day and that's it. And I remember like I still think of that image. Even though Earl Hebner, I know what a scumbag he is. <laughs> I'm saying, ah, oh, but oh Earl though, and, like he's a good lad in kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Patrick has got great grunts. Like, alright, I will describe his grunts in the way I think is most accurate, because they're slow, they're haunting. And they stay with you for a long time and make you think. It's like a haunted ship is sinking. It's very, very harrowing. The referees all stand off. Foley gets a chance for asking them to stop. Foley was so over back here. Like mm. He's literally just kind of going, move aside everyone. Foley, Foley, <laughs> Foley. Fucking hell, 10 punch spot by Earl Hebner. <laughs> I want to be taking no Earl Hebner potatoes. Mm. Nick Patrick gets a low blow, and then he hits a fucking running diving drop kick. Yeah, does it? Oh, Nick will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do a fucking baseball style drop kick. He'll fight you. I can just tell Adam is look so exacerbated right now. I, yeah. <laughs> Me and Billy are like talking like this, like it's rock Austin. Like, and then Nick Patrick hit him in the willy. If you look at my notes, like you can tell it's a different story. <laughs> before, like. Well, the title of your match is for fuck's sake, seriously. I honestly, I'm amazed at what you guys are saying. I thought this was the most tedious, asinine thing. Yeah, all the referees brawl. Yeah. And then Foley has to go, you are out of here. <laughs> all of them, like so much. What a combo! You would have done so many points. Just after he ejects them all, we get a, a we get a sign, and I think this is the reason why this pay per view got such high buy rates <laughs> is that they aren't wrestling fans because we get a we heart Nick Folly sign. <laughs> Nick Folly. Nick Folly. These people, the people have turned up, aren't wrestling fans. They're WCW fans. They don't even know who Nick Folly is, mate. <laughs> Folly is goo. I thought you knew this. Like. <laughs> Nick Folly is goo. <laughs> Oh my god, this speaking of folly, the biggest uh, the biggest uh, kind of threat to the outcome of this match in the tail end of this one, then the stretch, Mick Foley's trousers, they come asunder at the gusset. <laughs> like when he's going down, it looks he like said that in such a poetic manner. <laughs> come asunder at the gusset like It's the name of my new concept album. <laughs> it's about a black and white image of Mick Foley, like in his referee outfit. He's come asunder at the gusset. <laughs> Earl hits the fucking spear. Nicest spear we've seen all 
night. Earl Hebner wins as that squid, that crook Nick Patrick, is like flopping like a fish trying to kick out. What a fucking pro. I thought he'd be like Hogan at the end of WrestleMania. Like, and I'm going, oh, you know, the three. Like, so close. <laughs> what a fucking match. Earl Hebner picks up the win. 2-1 to the WWF. Billy, what do you think of this one? I fucking loved every second. <laughs> yeah, high five, man. Yeah, up top, big This guy. is exactly what I love about wrestling. Yes. It's exactly yes. what I like about wrestling. What a fucking beautiful car wreck. <laughs> Adam, what were your thoughts on this match? Yeah. It was what it was. Next match? JR <laughs> described it as bowling shoe ugly. Yeah, so I'd be inclined to agree. Patrick gets in the Micker's face. He gets a Mr. Socko. Send the crowd home happy. Come on, you can go cherry on top, Adam. Yeah, no, I can't deny seeing Patrick get a Socko was good. But the match was a match. It, it, I thought it would be 10 seconds. Hebner hits him. One, two, three. Ah, Nick Patrick shit. I didn't think we were going to get a full-on five-minute match between two untrained wrestlers. <laughs> This Sorry. should have been the semi-main event, I think. <laughs> this should, be, this should, have, should have been the penultimate they, match. They should have put these two in the inaugural brawl like, yeah. to be part of the team. Yeah! Oh, man, I would love that. That's <laughs> fucking brilliant. That would actually, just completely out of the blue, I love the idea for the inaugural brawl. If you actually had, an, if you had a tag team, a male wrestler, a non-wrestler, and a female wrestler. Mm. That would have been awesome. That's representative of the whole company then as a whole. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. No one sums up WCW quite like Nick Patrick, I think. <laughs> Got a plug for a special episode of Tough Enough. Uh-oh, the ratings are going down. Better do a cross-dressing lap dance episode. A.K.A. every episode of the most recent Tough Enough. <laughs> we are going to be doing Tough Enough for our next episode. The first three episodes we have all watched. We've all taken notes. Whatever happens, that'll be our next episode. So I'm excited. Big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, by the way, out of your nuts are hanging out of your shorts there. <laughs> uh, Billy, just so you know, there was a, was a good analysis you did there in that last match. Good snap. <laughs> I love how soft he says it and how strong he says it at the same time. Gotta save, save it, it save it, episode. save next it. Episode. Coming back, Jim Ross says that the Coalition of Chaos will cheat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, like, they are so two-faced about it. Like, literally, any time a Coalition guy interferes, they're like, oh, these sick fucks! How dare they? When a WWF guy interferes, like, yeah, great leadership! Yeah, WWF spirit. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. So we get a recap of DDP abducting Deborah. So, yeah, DDP uh, on SmackDown kidnapped Deborah, put her in the boot of his car, and uh, drove off. And then Austin had to go and drive a limo in his pants, leaving Kurt Angle at the mercy of the Coalition of Chaos, where he got beaten up. Mm. Now, on the next uh, episode of Raw, we found out, and this is literally cutting the legs off any bit of credibility DDP had. Yeah. DDP comes and he's like he's talking with Candy like oh that thing you did with Deborah that was so sick man he's like huh I had nothing to do with that that was oh Austin and Deborah came up with that I mean that's such a great plan I couldn't have come up with that that was those guys so he's like oh okay so you got no teeth whatsoever then basically and as well DDP literally almost blew the secret about Austin they did a bit on Smackdown where he's like I've been set up guys and I can't believe like shut up DDP you're gonna ruin the surprise like, oops sorry <laughs> fucking moron Backstage, Deborah and Sarah have a little talk. Ow, oh, damn it! Are you okay? Ow, oh, 
think I'm okay. I mean, considering last Thursday night, Diamond Dallas Page locks me in the trunk of that car, drives me around the arena, and just leaves me, leaves me on the corner. I, well, I guess I'm okay if you think about it. You know, nobody knows Paige better than I do. And you want to know something? Not only is he a pervert, he's psycho, too. I just know one thing. I can't wait for Steve to tear him from limb to limb tonight. I can't wait. I'd like to do that myself. But after Mark gets through with him tonight, there's going to be nothing left Diamond Dallas Page. I hope you're so right. Oh. Yeah, apparently all that DDP actually did was literally just get out of the building and drop her off around the corner and just came back. You have a nice evening now, Deborah. And just drives away. Uber ain't gonna exist for 10 years! <laughs> <laughs> drives off. Well, no one knows Paige better than me. And he's not just sick, he's a maniac too. She calls The Undertaker Mark. Fucking hell, never should have been broken in this business. Sarah does say that with a big smile on her face as well. Oh, yeah. Like, he is a psychopath. Like, you should be scared of him. Like, of course, Deborah, the Graham Chapman of the group, keeping a straight <laughs> face the whole time, delivering her lines as the scene required. So, yeah, why have no one kicked off about that? Statement? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> flew under the radar, didn't it? Like, fucking hell. You allowed this to happen. <laughs> Coming up next. The APA taking on Shuck Hair. This is the WWF. We all helped build this house. Yeah. Now all of a sudden they want a piece of the pie? I say hell no. Oh, no. Oh, oh. These freeload more these had the audacity to invade us. WCW wants to walk into our house. They tell them just to come on. We're asking you to show why you're on this roster. We're asking you to stand up for what you have built. There's gonna be a fight. I know there's gonna be a fight because we're gonna start it. That's Shane Max Price! Palumbo and O'Hare, the WCW Tag Team Champions beating the hell out of Matt Hardy. Look at this! Our troops have arrived! Palumbo and O'Hare escaping through the crowd! Looking behind the APA! WWF beating the hell out of the WCW Tag Team Champions! The APA warned WCW! Some. We ask you, just be mad about it. Quit sneaking up from behind. What the hell is this? Somebody just threw Jump through, get branch on the APA. Chuck Palumbo with Sean O'Hare. The WCW Tag Team Champions ambushing the APA. Palumbo and O'Hare are the WCW Champions. Big and powerful, but they're not going to intimidate or they're not going to run roughshod over the APA. This Sunday on pay-per-view, it will be the WCW Tag Champions, Palumbo and O'Hare, taking on the APA. That's the WWF Tag Team Champions. Champions versus champions, not about gold. It'll be about pride and ego. Champions versus champions, and they'll settle it this Sunday at Invasion. JR says that we've not got WCW Tag Belts, which Shook Hare have, or DWF Tag Belts, which APA have on the line. Tonight, it's all about pride. On Raw, Jim Ross, I swear to you said this, when Shook Hare were coming out, he goes, let me tell you about Palumbo and Hare. They're a great tag team, but they are not as good as the APA. Oh, right. Well, I'm looking forward to that match then. <laughs> so, yeah, we can uh, fast forward this one, lads. Now, in the promo package we get beforehand, we get JBL summing up the entire invasion so eloquently. <laughs> like, I think you really hit the nail on the head here. WCW, it's real simple. 
Yum yum, come get you some. I'm really hungry for some yum yums right now. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, over in America, while you're there with your zeitgeist, mocking us for not knowing your Blazing Saddles reference, we have yum yums over here. <laughs> and they're really tasty. Because we're all children in England. <laughs> oh, let's have a bag of yum yums. <laughs> well, the, the plan is with Billy, right, is that we're going to make out that the UK is very childlike and does impose a threat. Sleeper cells, Billy. Yeah, <laughs> sleeper cells. So Shook Hair ambushed them in Bucket Hats in WBF New York, which is the most 90s way to attack anyone ever. There's not enough story in this video package, like, to warrant it. Yeah, there's nothing. JR says champions so many times. Champions and champions. It will be champions versus champions when the WCW Tag Team Champions take on the WWF Tag Team Champions and champions versus champions at champions. Mm. Gee, I wonder if the APA are going to sandbag and stiff these sexy young men. <laughs> oh, JBL's so turned on by Palumbo. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he is so turned on by him. You can just tell how nervous and uneasy a Palumbo and O'Hare are here. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, oh, they're, so, they're either really excited or really nervous. And yeah. you can just tell JBL's saying, slow down. Come on. I'm to enjoy it. Where are you going? Where are you going? Come over here. Come over here. Do you think when they were laying out the match beforehand, like Farouk and Bradshaw were there like, oh, we've got a perfect idea for this match and they just put on the tape of Sunday Night Heat where they took off the public enemy. <laughs> I was like, the idea is like, hey guys, we're going to go lay out the match they have to do it in the shower. Like, it's like, what's the matter? Don't you want to, don't you guys in WCW lay out your matches naked in the shower? Because that's where we do. Oh, it's fine. You don't want to lay out the match. You're not professional. That's okay. Not gay. We're not gay. We're not gay. What? You're gay. The same thing, guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> JR mentions that Shook Hair beat DDP and Kevin Nash for the Tag Team Championships. Right. That's where they won them in WCW originally. But A, you're telling me that these two tag team guys have beat one of your only main eventers and you've also mentioned a main eventer who's nowhere near this storyline as well. And we all know the legend, don't we? If you say Kevin Nash's name three times in a row in a pay-per-view, he'll not appear. (laughs) (laughs) Because he lifted up some bags that were heavy or some shit. (laughs) Sean O'Hare, thoughts on the grunts, Adam? Good, good grunts. It's it's hard to get past these guys looking so rinky-dink. I can't mm. really tell if that's my WWF bias or if they actually do look like jokes. No, these lads are a definition of, look at these studs. Mm. They've had a year to... Like, these are the lads who are training alongside Louis Theroux, like, in the power plant. So these guys are fucking big, jacked-up dudes. Mildly athletic. I mean, no, that's actually cruel. They are. They're probably the two of the most athletic guys they have. But it's just seasoning, and it's just time, and it's training. Mm. You think about it. If you're coming up in WCW in the year 2000, and you're the the up and comers who they're meant to be building up, and can you imagine the fucking shit that these lads were told? The madness of WCW in 2000. Yes, alone 2001. Mm. These are guys with Ed Ferreira telling them the direction. Ed Ferreira and Dusty Rhodes working together. What a weird company WCW was in 2001. Teddy Long fan club sign. That guy's going to have such a great next few years. (laughs) He's only going to get better. He's going to become a meme. What? What's that? (laughs) You'll love him. You'll love him. (laughs) O'Hare just comes in the ring and does moves. You know, he doesn't tag, there's no cutting off, there's no heat building. In a company that had, like, Arn Anderson as, like, one of its agents, you think that WCW would have tag wrestlers who know how this shit works. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Farouk and Bradshaw, like, I mean, I don't condone them being stiff with you guys, but the fact that Palumbo and her hair are literally, like, running in doing spots, it's like, fucking slow down. They're nervous as fuck. Very random. 
A kid in my class in 2001 thought that America was discovered by Christopher Palumbo. Yeah, it also reminds me of my uh, idea for a hit spin-off TV series on the network. No. Palumbo. Yeah, <laughs> Just one more thing. Why did you marry Billy Gunn? You see the massive sign in the front row, capital letters. Mom, don't forget to tape the Celine Dion concert. <laughs> Hey, I mean, she's at the height of her Titanic fame, you know? And Mom's clearly watching Invasion live. But also, don't forget, on the other telly in the other room, quickly put the tape in. This is the days before Twitter. You had to, like, you know, tell your mum things with signs instead yeah. back in 2001. APA keep hitting massive power moves as they get worked over. So you can't get any heat built up. It's no. like, Palumbo on a hair will do something. And Bradshaw's like, oh, yeah, I can just fall away slam off the top rope. Oh, okay, oh, we've been worked over. I have to get to fruit. Just one second. Big power bomb. Okay, Farouk, you get him. It's yeah. like, they at no point seem like they're in any sort of threat. No. Like, it's just like they're, they're impatient. Yeah. Clothesline from hell to Palumbo. APA win. I thought this match was pure shite. Yeah, it was. No flow. Did not care for it at all. No. Whoever thought that you're going to test these fucking lads by putting them in there with the APA, like, you're not trying to get rid of them out of the company yet, surely, are you? <laughs> That's what you... I mean, I guess their mind, it's like, well, it worked with the Dudley boys. But come on. Palumbo and O'Hare aren't the Dudley boys. And also, that wasn't on one of the most, like, heralded, massive pay-per-views yeah. of all the time. Like. That's actually the thing. When you look at all the people who get featured here tonight, we'll compare them with Survivor Series. The amount of guys who basically... I don't want to say they blow it, but they come off so badly mm. that in the long run, it's just like, you know, they're, they're not going to be over at the end of this. WWF are on to three. Coalition of Chaos are on to one. Uh, JR says that the inexperience of WCW is apparent. It's fucking palpable. <laughs> Backstage, Vince McMahon has an awkward conversation with YTJ. They, they want an invasion. Oh, yeah. And they get what they deserve, an annihilation. Which, of course, brings us to the main event. Brings us to your participation tonight in the inaugural brawl, Chris. Yeah, Vince, that's what I want to talk to you about. One thing that hasn't really been pointed out is I've worked for both competitive companies. I've been in WCW and I've been in ECW. And a little bit of the difference is in WCW, they never had a leader. They never had a head, a figurehead. The inmates ran the asylum, anyone did what they wanted. But ECW has always had, and still does in a lot of ways, have a very psychotic and lunatic leader in Paul E. Heyman. You know what the E stands for? It stands for, ew, gross! I mean, just look at this guy, the bovine, chunky, chubby, portly, paunchy, plump, rotund, stout jelly belly. I mean, man, look at his hair. It's, he looks like a mutant with all that hair falling off. He looks like a big white Shrek. But, as ugly as he is physically, that's how ugly he is mentally. And as a result, he's passed that on to Stephanie and Shane and to all of their cast of characters. All the guys in WCW and ECW, they're going to be coming on strong. But, as you know, so is Team WWF. And tonight, after all that's happened, we're not going to get mad. We're going to get, get, get even. In other words, what you're saying is that after tonight is over, Team WCW, ECW, will never, ever, be the same again. Basically like your mum's got a new boyfriend and he's really successful and rich and you don't want to meet him because you're in your 20s and cool like Chris Jericho. <laughs> so he has to go and hang out with Ray Wise anyway. 
Chris Jericho says that WCW was not like ECW. It never had a figurehead. It never had a guy in charge. Uh, Eric Bischoff? Yeah, that about uh, Ted Turner? Yeah. I mean, Russo, Vince Russo? Yeah. If anything, WCW had too many figureheads. Mm. That was its problem. Maybe that's what he's getting at. Maybe that's what he means. But shit like that, though, is them kind of going, look, don't... Because, I mean, Bischoff. I didn't know about Bischoff you see as a kid. No. Because any time I caught WCW, it was during the period that Bischoff was gone. And when Bischoff came in in 2002, it was like, what? Because they're like, this is the man who single-handedly nearly put WWF out of business. Like, I thought they didn't have a... Figure, I thought the inmates ran the asylum, for fuck's sake. And but then Jericho, to further confuse things, goes, yeah, but ECW is different. They had a boss, and they still have a boss. It's Paul Heyman. <laughs> Who's the fucking boss? Yeah. Then he just goes on to insult Heyman for about two minutes. He's fat. He's so fucking cringe. Mm-hmm. Like, he calls him Shrek at one point to get the topical reference in. Big white Shrek, yeah. It's just not, not fun. funny. It's not yeah. funny. At least try and be funny. Mate. This is Jericho we're talking about as well. Yeah. His heart does not seem in this no. at all. And you think Jericho, who how many times has he had screen time with Vince McMahon, mm. like face to face with Vince? That never because he feuded with Triple H, maybe feuded with Austin. He was never up in Vince's grill though. Mm. Other than that one time, him and Chris Benoit played stand back, and he's like, "I thought I had that footage bad." <laughs> he thinks he's Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, I think he blows it here. I know you said beforehand that obviously if Benoit hadn't been injured you can imagine he'd probably be one of the big like driving forces on the alliances team mm. with their lack of star power and their lack of big guys why did they not put Jericho with the alliance it's funny because they turned Jericho Jericho's heel for most of this we got a big heel turn coming up later in the summer he feuds with the rock takes us all the way through to the end and all the way up to the he's WWF through and through doesn't make sense because I think in their mind it's like if you join the alliance you're a fucking shit like you're the worst and only Austin can seem to get away with that it would seem Y2J fucking blows it with this really awful cringy he throws in a new catchphrase as well not only are we going to win we're going to get 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 even that's rubbish I don't say this lightly but sweet cream on an ice cream sandwich <laughs> that's bad yeah. what in the blue hell were you thinking <laughs> Vince McMahon does Jericho's catchphrase better than it but he goes <laughs> backstage Stephanie McMahon Shane and Billy Kidman I hate Chris Jericho I hate him I hate him I hate Please calm down. Okay, we're not doing so hot right now, and we need to change the tide. You can do this. You need to take X-Pac out, Billy. That's what you need to do. Hey, you're the cruiserweight champion. X-Pac is fast, okay, and he's going to hit you hard. You need to outsmart him. You need to get the job done. Hey, look, it's all under control. Under control? Under control? We are losing! We're losing everything! We're losing momentum, and it's all up to you, Billy. You have to pull this one out. We're at the point of no return, Billy. You have to win this match. It's all up to you. Relax, Paul. Relax. I am the WCW Cruiserweight Champion. I'm going to show all of you why they say X-Pac sucks. 
They are all having a chat, and Stephanie, as more to your point, Billy, getting quite shrill here. Yeah, she's proper the Chamberlain from uh, The Dark Crystal. I hope them! What? Do you remember Reboot? Do you remember Reboot? Yeah. yeah. What was the name of the lady virus in Reboot? The red one. The yeah. red one. Ooh. It was Megabyte, was the big blue guy. It was, yeah. I, 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 she reminds me a lot of her here as well, because she's got the red and black going, hasn't yeah. she? With her new cardigan on, Stephanie, that she got. So, Kidman, who, as a child, I was very excited to see. Because anytime Billy Kidman's name was mentioned, my brother and his friends would just go, Kidman! Do you remember when WCW had the new blood and they tried to push the young guys? Right. Do you know who they put against Hulk Hogan? Billy Kidman. Kidman! Billy Kidman. <laughs> Billy Kidman, who got a win over Hulk Hogan. Got a win! Got a win over Hulk Hogan. Hexadecimal! That's her name. Fucking brilliant name. Jesus, all them beautiful fucking... All them letters in there. That's lovely. So, Kidman managed to beat Hulk Hogan. And uh, Hogan was very annoyed about this. And he ran after him going, Kidman! It's like Billy... Because Billy Kidman does sound like a troublesome kid in like a Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Kidman! Kidman. He's the 90s attitude superhero with a difference. In that he has slightly more attitude than the other ones. Paul Heyman appears behind Billy Kidman. He was there the whole time. What do you mean? Are you out of your mind? We are losing. <laughs> Kidman, who's been given RVD's gimmick of, hey, cool, man, whatever. He says that he's going to show everyone tonight why X-Pac sucks. So, X-Pac, who has his theme for the X-Factor. Yes. Pay-per-views is okay. Uncle Cracker doesn't watch no pay-per-views, I guess. Weird. Follow him, everything will be alright. Taking on uh. Billy Kidman. <laughs> You're meant to let him fly under the radar, Billy. <laughs> this sleeper cell ain't going to get up to much if you let that happen. Billy Kidman coming out here. They've gotten rid of one of his best things about him at WCW. Do you remember what his look was? He had the jean shorts with the white vest. Oh, Very no, unique look. That. He's in plain old tights here. So it's champion versus champion. And JR explains the big difference we've always wanted to know between cruiserweights and light heavyweights. In WWF, we call them light heavyweights. They're cruiserweights in WCW, though. So X-Pac here... Uh, Fucking hell, X-Pac here. <laughs> Do you know how old he is? No. Here, this moment. He's 29. Really? 29! He's a fucking veteran here. I think he's getting along in the tooth here. 29! Wow. Fucking shocking. I was going to say, like, the X-Pac sucks chance and the booze for this man during the invasion yeah. where he's supposed to be yeah. the hero. And we get 10 minutes of them kind of going, well, X-Pac normally would get booed, but yeah. tonight, this is a WWF crowd full of WWF spirits. And of course, Billy Kidman, he's a very popular, despite being in WCW, so Kidman will be cheered a lot here today anyway. So Kidman's the face here. Yeah. yeah. so weird. It's very weird. weird. It's like they had a little chat with X-Pac and I'm going, I know they, they all think you suck, but this is a WWF crowd. Do you think X-Pac genuinely thought, I'm going to get cheered tonight? The first time in forever. Like. <laughs> I've got a feeling. <laughs> 
JR brings up Xbox running WCW. He said that he was a former Cruiserweight champion there until he was fired by FedEx. Oh, I thought they should have used more of this. Yeah. More of the kind of, here's the shit that people had to do in WCW. Well, because at the minute, it's like, why do you hate WCW? Oh, they're not WWF. Like, this is giving you reasons to hate them because like, oh yeah, they treated their wrestlers like shit. They had shady practices. Literally, if you had Eric Bischoff here, all this would go away. Because mm. you'd have like, he threw coffee on Eddie Guerrero he fired this guy publicly you know all the shitty like just mean things that he did stories like that I think would have given WCW a reason to think this is not a company you want because as it stands all these guys want to do is make it wrestling and get rid of sports entertainment if they had their way Adam there'd be no hottest action adventure television show on TV anymore at all JR says get ready for some partisan WF crowd ding 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 deafening Xbox sucks chance <laughs> Xbox 2's credit though he plays the heel straight away mm-hmm. so I wonder if like with the commentary saying oh he's going to get cheered like it almost felt like he did this on the fly I this think year. so uh, yeah I think he thought that maybe or at least everyone else thought he was getting cheered I love this match I thought these two fucking kicked ass very, this is the first good. time I've seen Kidman wrestle and he's fucking fantastic oh man just the, the, the quick out wrestling at the start where Xbox is like yeah I'm the best I just love that simple story there's one up in each other you know no one being particularly dastardly I guess but Xbox is being that cocky veteran here Kidman is a really interesting wrestler I think he's someone who kind of has fallen between eras you know, he was a high flyer before mm. high flying was a style which could get you a decent spot. But he's managed to marry Tori Wilson at one point in his life and has worked with WWE for a million years as a producer. So, And he was the uh, the master of the Viagra on a pole match as well, I believe, wasn't he? He, he was in the Viagra on a pole match, I believe. Well, no, but people say that he's the one that really like made that match what it is. Like, <laughs> you know how Mick made the, the Hell in a Cell despite not being in the first one? Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean the subsequent Viagra and Apollo. I mean every year at Viagra and Apollo on pay per view on the network, it's lessened its value now. And yeah, they even they put people in like I think the Viagra and Apollo should end a feud. Yeah, you know, people they're just Definitely. starting it now. Yeah. you know, and people are kind of saying, oh, we should have a female Viagra and Apollo match. Yeah. I just think you just don't get it, do you? It's only for the men. It's, it's, we, we of course only remember Kidman for that match because he already had a lad on him when his match started <laughs> just to prove that he didn't yeah. <laughs> he was no, seriously seriously look. look at my lad like weird baseball slide bulldog by fucking Kidman yeah. these guys are smart in that like there's a few guys here trying who's like you don't see this normally yep. you know Rob Van Dam does it Kidman does it Mike Awesome and Lance Storm to an extent did it but like, there's a lot of people here tonight it's like, hey, it's like that WWF style, but worse. <laughs> and these guys are like, check out, you want Kidman on your TV show. Love Xbox face, he does these big dies, cool moves, and he puts up his hand, he gets the Xbox looks chance, and he's like, the fuck do I have to do? Like, he's, you can see he's getting frustrated a little bit. I, I love it. love X-Pac in this match. It's the most entertaining he's been in a very long time. Particularly when he hits his own variation of the Glagay sleeper hold. And this is, in fact, our grunt of the night. Well! It's almost like he did it in honour of Jeff. Like a knowing, like, he looks in the camera does like a little wink, like, hope you're alright, Jeff. Like, I'm an Australia or some shit. I don't know, I'll be fine. <laughs> like. He hits it with a nice, raspy, <laughs> noise at the same time and just... 
Oh, I like that. Paying tribute to one of the greatest. Yeah! Xbox hits a fucking swanton attempt. That's fucking incredible. Kidman keeps coming back, kicking out, total face, never say die kind of view. This guy, it keeps, like, Xbox puts him over in by kind of like, oh, this guy keeps kicking out, I can't put him away. What's it fucking all about? He uses the ropes even, and Kidman mm. still kicks out. Mid-air X-Factor, Kidman still kicks out. I'm really worried because I don't remember much of Kidman after this. Mm. Like, as in, he doesn't get used as a fucking player in the invasion. And you're shown here that this guy is so good, so talented, and can go with a WWF guy at the drop of a hat. Yeah, really upsetting. He's small. That's it. Like, he's a small guy. Yeah. He's not going to get featured. Like, look look who's in the uh, the main event. DDP. Big, yeah. massive dude. Booker T, massive dude. Like, yeah. Billy Kidman didn't stand a chance. Bronco Buster by Xbox gets reversed. Kidman hits the shooting star press. Fucking hell. Mm. It's weird when he does it because it's like, I remember at the time being like, oh my God, that's the best thing ever. But I'd never seen like Evan Bourne do the shooting star, which is like, you look at this, it's like watching Ric Flair doing a back bump. He's kind of yeah. tilted to one weird side. Yeah. It's the first time he did it in a number of years, Kidman, because he like stopped doing it for a while and he also was hitting it really awkwardly in WCW. Mm. Like he'd be like, Ugh, just kind of fall on his sides. And he has injured people with that move. Badly, like he fucked up Paul London with that. He need him in the head once we did it. Took him off the TV for a couple of months as a result. So Jesus. yeah, Kidman's had a, not a lot of luck with that move, but it worked for him here tonight. Kidman picks up the win. Probably has one of the most impressive outings of any Coalition of Chaos member. Yeah. It's three two to the WWF backstage. WECW celebrate. WECW, which are all excited, and DDP is like, Bro, Sarah, bro, Deborah, bro, let me recap SmackDown. Oh no. I might as well say about what he does on Raw now, because we're not going to have much of a chance to talk about DDP again. DDP went after The Undertaker on Raw again, and Undertaker wanted to show him who was the crazy brave and the phony tough. So Undertaker ran into the ring to beat him up. He had a chair, Sarah was there, Undertaker accidentally hit Sarah with a chair, and DDP ran away, and Undertaker was like, Sarah! And he like, he held her in his arms, like she died, and like, anyone who's come to help her was like, get away! He's like fucking, Sarah! (laughs) Just backstage, like she's dead, he's killed her, like that's it, it's over. And DDP's like, yeah, so run away. And... The coach catches up with DDP as he's running away, shirtless, into the night, like a fucking creep, fumbling with his greasy keys. <laughs> I have to get into my shit, creepy rental car and drive home. And they're like, DDP, what just happened out there? And he's like, oh man, what's your... Oh bro, did you see what happened at that? I'm so... Oh man, I'm so turned on. I'm so turned on. Oh. I just... Bro, I gotta get out of here. Just Something's clicked in my head, man. I just... Oh man! And the crowd laugh. Aww. And he drives off, and JR's like, he's sick! So DDP is a very randy man. So like the jackal. <laughs> Gets turned on by violence. Violence turns him up. Yeah, but the jackal kept his shit together, Billy. <laughs> he didn't go, what? What? I gotta go home and masturbate right now! <laughs> fucking creepy! Oh god, it's so bad. So fucking bad. DDP says that he is focused. I am in Austin's head. I'm in The Undertaker's head. I'm in Austin's head. Ah, it's scary in here! <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be in there, mates. Okay, we might as well uh, talk about the highlight of the night. 
One of the worst written segments ever. Yeah. What happens when a bunch of stressed out male writers who've never been with a woman sit down and write some female dialogue? Tori Wilson, Stacy Keebler, they chat like a 12 year old writing his first ever porn script. Stace, I was born already. You know what? It's just too bad the audience is going to have to settle to see Trish Stratus in her bra tonight. They're going to be missing out on these big, voluptuous breasts. Your breasts and my ass. My legs go from here all the way up to here. And no one looks better in panties than me, especially Lita. The only way I could look better would be to be wearing none at all. But since the audience isn't going to see it, I think there might be two people that we could give a private showing to. Mm. Maybe after the show we can give a private viewing to Matt and Jeff Hardy. Mm -hmm. You know they want us. <laughs> Stace, you do have a firm ass. I know. Okay. This is like Tumblr fan fiction. No, yeah. Tumblr's got some... Tumblr would make it at least poetic, Billy. They're literally pointing at the parts of their bodies going, these tits are all right, aren't they? This is round. <laughs> <laughs> this is round! <laughs> this is not how... This is like one of the few times you see two women talking with each other on WWF back in the day. This is not how women talk. <laughs> and if people, any people are... Uh, Keeping up, this does not pass the Backdale test. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because uh, they're talking about their firm breasts. Mm -hmm. Okay, it, it makes no sense. Because Stacey talks about how she's got very long legs, and then Tori's like, whoa, you've got a firm ass. So that's meant to be like, great, that's what everyone wants. But Tori starts going on about her firm breasts. And it's like, I can't get the thing out of my head. And the old 4 year old virgin. He's like, bag of sand. Bag of sand. The next night on Raw, Tori Wilson's like, can you believe what Trish Stratus has done? She's just jealous. She's jealous that my breasts are way more firm than hers are ever going to be. And that's the segment. Breasts aren't meant to be firm. Probably get that checked out. <laughs> Go to a doctor. She's <laughs> got grace here or something like... This was so fucked up. This this made it so I couldn't talk to women for another five years afterwards because I just didn't know. I thought this was... It's not. No. Guys, if you're watching at home, that's not how women talk, okay? It's hard to even be offended by it because it's just so miserably It's so laughably bad. poor. Like. Yeah. I mean, it says a lot, their viewpoint of Stacey and Tori, that they wouldn't have... Like even Terry or nope. Sable or anyone do this. Like you know, you know, you mentioned that he could, Terry. They did a segment where she just walked into the APA's locker room, just poured a load of beer on her yeah. breasts. Like, but like even they wouldn't have him talking like this. It's so bad. The WCW women, they're so happy to have them because it's like a whole new lowest common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> good, good thing they weren't getting Daphne to do this. Oh, oh. God, where is Daphne? Didn't want her. They didn't want her. They didn't want her. Ask her to come. Literally, when WCW were purchased, they got a big stack of contracts. They went through them one by one. They went, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, and that was it. And the women, they only picked the two women that they wanted because why wouldn't you? WWE had a type. Well, they couldn't afford Daphne and Mark Jindrak, so you know sacrifices somewhere. There were only a few big names that were genuinely being rumored, as in like there was rumblings in the dirt sheets that these guys had had meetings or had been talked about. Goldberg was a name they were considering, but Goldberg said six million or nothing, and they said that's too much money. Mm -hmm. Scott Hall apparently was someone they were talking about before, but I think Scott had fallen off the deep end so much. Maybe he would have done it for a pint, like. 
Scott Steiner as well was another one that they were considering. But Hogan, Nash, never, ever, ever in a million years were they being considered. Wow. So that's just or Flair or Sting because all of them were either too expensive or they didn't want to do it. So they didn't want Flair or Sting. No. Damn. It's really weird. Yeah. Really, really weird. I think if I remember in Flair's book. He said he was asked, but he was so fucked up at the end of WCW. You know, he last match he wrestled in a t-shirt and all yeah. that. I don't think he wanted anything to do with wrestling at that point in time. So, yeah. Coming up next, more interpromotional warfare. Raven taking on William Regal. I had such high hopes when we had that ECW invasion. Like, I was jumping up and down. Even when they joined the coalition, I was happy because... I had seen bits of Raven in ECW um, on videos and stuff and how deep his character was and how fucking incredible it was and how all we had here was Raven being like a weak way to make fun of the homeless pretty much was all Raven was in, in WWE. So I was genuinely hoping that people like Raven just incredible they would get a shot yeah, to show you what they can do like Rhino as well I was so sick of just incredible being disrespected by piss ants like Adam Bibolo who didn't know the business <laughs> big pop for William Regal coming out yeah that's so nice to see. Yeah. That's never happened before. He's full on face now. Yeah. They had this glorious moment where like Taz had been picking on Tajiri and they had this great double swerve where Tajiri and Taz are in the ring with Regal and Regal had been beaten up and Tajiri takes off the shirt and there's the ECW shirt and Regal's like, oh fuck, I'm here with these two killers, I'm gonna die. And then Tajiri mists Taz, rips off the ECW shirt, puts him in the tarantula, William Regal starts beating the shit out of Taz <laughs> like a punching bag, and the crowd are fucking nuclear, and William Regal's like, come on, lead a big rally up like a total baby face. And that's it. Regal's a face now. Awesome. Love us. He's so good, Regal. So, so good. JR says that William Regal's loyalty is surprising to him as he has no integrity. Oh. <laughs> Weird match this one. Yeah. Slow, dull, yeah. styles don't mix. I don't know what it is. Two of the smartest men in wrestling. You think they could pull a decent match out of each other? Regal just beats him up. Yeah, yeah really stiff. And then Jared goes, Raven dresses like a bum. That's his gimmick. We, we start getting all the uh, cult references and cult leader references. Yes, Kool Aid. We, we get Jim Jones references here. I think we get a few others throughout the night now. Phones to Heyman. There's Jim, people like Jim Jones and Manson. So when they're talking about Kool Aid, they're talking about that's the Jim, that's Jim Jones. That's Jonestown was a cult. They were mm-hmm. called the People's Church, I think, or the People's Life Church. Okay, down in South America, I think it was like Bolivia, and. He had weird practices. He was stealing their money and they were like gaslighting people who were left like Scientology would. Oh, like Paul Heyman would? Yeah. Okay. And they would, they sent a senator down to Jonestown to say, you know, we're going to have a look because these are a bunch of American citizens here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. going on here? We want to... Make sure everyone's okay. Everyone's like, okay. Yeah. He saw that everything was okay, sort of dodgy, went to leave. Jim Jones sent some guys after him and killed him at an airport then convinced all of his parishioners to kill themselves using poison Kool-Aid, give it to your children first, 
then... And did he tell them that it was poisoned? Like, this yes. is going to kill yes. you. Yes. Did they think they'd be, like, reincarnated or some shit, though? Is that was... Uh, no, that was... Um... Heaven's Gate. Heaven's, Heaven's Gate, Gate. Yeah. That was at Harley Bot. Jeez, that's really on the nose that they keep talking about oh, Heyman's Kool-Aid. He's killing people. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. <laughs> like, you know Heyman, when he joins ECW and he murders you. <laughs> well, like, you, you drink Kool-Aid at the dance and this is the dance. <laughs> <laughs> JR said that ECW used to be about being unique and having attitude, which I think is really on the nose, seeing as, you know, Heyman later goes on to say, you know, attitude is just you ripping off ECW. Mm-hmm. And Cole, who obviously is an old school ECW head, you know, says that ECW, JR, it used to be about balls and bravado, but now it's just about muscles and money. Which is the name of my new tag team. <laughs> muscles and money! Maybe a man! Oh, muscles and money! I was gonna say, it sounded sound like I was about to go into like the unheard chorus of Girls and Boys by Charlotte. <laughs> really? Really? Don't you silly this talk about muscles, money, and colds killing each other with good Charlotte? The unheard chorus. <laughs> the unheard What's chorus. The fuck! It's on the B side, mate. <laughs> I'm so pissed at you. Oh, oh, by the way, so we're talking about obscure references. The only other one we got was like five or six people going, cracking Nintendo official <laughs> yeah. magazine reference. Yeah, well done with Loads that. Of, loads of pictures of the shirt and everything. So I think they cancel each other out. It's fine. We're all right. We're good. We're good. We're good. Raven gets a few shots in, you know, here and there. A little chance. Boring stuff, though. Yeah, really dull. Slow rest on the match. Heads collide. Taz appears. Pops a quick T-bone. Raven effect. Raven wins. And WWF is three. WWE CW is now three as well. This match bored me to fucking tears. Yeah, it's a shame because they're both great. Yeah, I mean, if you took two people, I, I would look at this and go, dream match, dream match. Yeah. Why is it that favourites can wrestle and make a not good match? I don't know. Backstage, the tag team of the crazy brave and phony tough. And Sarah's there too. There with Vince McMahon. Vince is going to try and rile up the Brothers of Destruction. Mate, just call them a bunch of putrid pussies again. That seemed to do the job before. Vince brings up DDP. He's like, that creep DDP. And then Undertaker like chokes him. And he says, maybe we'll see the best of Undertaker tonight. It's very underwhelming. Really underwhelming. They're the yeah. Brothers of Destruction. Yeah. And just Vince there going, oh, that videotape. The best of Sarah. And Kane and Sarah just stood there like, She's right, right here, here as well. <laughs> Coming up next, it's a big match. Six-man tag. Big Show, Big Billy, and the Big Meshuganator taking on Canyon, Meat, and that sexual predator who used to work in NXT as a trainer in a six-man war. And in the interest of all of us uh, sharing the load, share the load. <laughs> <laughs> I've crumbled up Adam Bibelow's Invasion DVD and thrown it over and you're going to find and get all angry and climb back up now and call this match. It's fine, it's fine with the podcast. I could carry it for a while. So um, <laughs> Big Show comes out and he's got his t-shirt prototype approved. Yeah. Yay! I'm happy to see he's finally making some money again. It's very rare when you go see from concept to actuality like that, <laughs> yeah. you know? Show, if you're on Dragon's Den with that shit, you've got Duncan Ballantyne's money and his interest and his attention. Big booze for Billy Gunn as well, much like the X-Pac effects, like, you know, just because you are WWF doesn't mean people are going to like you now. 
And the good stuff is we get to hear Uncle Cracker twice in one night, which is always nice. All right, I'll tell you about this tag team that we have in here. Uh, have you heard about Shoguns? Oh. oh, yes, you don't know about Shoguns! 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 The comedy tag team of Big Sexy Paul Weiss and the One Billy Gun. They have formed together because you know the way all the, the last few weeks they've been talking about all Big Show all wasted potential on Billy Gunn. He's shit. I hated him. <laughs> they form a tag team and they're coming out like on Smackdown together working as a tag team. They lose their debut by the way. <laughs> and Cole is like Billy Gunn and the Big Show two of the classic underachievers here in the WWF. Jesus. We had a comedy segment where the two of them went to WWF New York to formally you know when you uh want to form a tag team and you consecrate it with marinara sauce and breadsticks yeah. that's what they did and they're sitting there and like in their nice shirts and they hate each other as well Billy's like why don't you order everything on the damn menu you big fat piece of shit and he's like well maybe I'll order the Billy bitch cakes they're like I hate you I hate you <laughs> come to WWF New York and you'll see <laughs> action like this all the time so they call it Shogun Shoguns what about the gun show Gun show. Oh. The gun show. No, the reason they said they were showguns is because they're the two, like the showguns. You polish them up, the two fucking nicest bits of your collection. We only take them out on oh, special so it's occasions. Like, no. No. Special guns, because when you said shogun, I imagined like a samurai. That's oh, what right. That's what I thought. Showguns. That's even worse then. <laughs> no, Billy's right. That's the, that should the, be the gun show. Could be gun show. They come out, they do this, they're like, <laughs> welcome to the gun show, baby. No, like, that's a way better gimmick. That's I mean, piss poor. but with showguns though, it's because like, they're the, the, the two prized possessions of the collection. You only take them out for special occasions, like yeah, Sunday right. night heat. And they don't work. <laughs> Yeah, they don't yeah. work they're like imitation guns like. <laughs> Billy Gunn had his firing pin removed <laughs> Big Show only shoots blanks oh. I just love the idea of them saying this up like an invasion or worst three guys are going to take on their worst three guys <laughs> JR brings up a Big Show having won WWF and WCW championships yeah that's nice he does look like big, bloaty, sexy Julian, who's slightly less sexy here, though. The the heels come out to a really horrible knockoff of the Mr. Perfect theme. What's yeah. that all about? Oh, I can tell you this. Yeah. Um, the reason was, was Mish, a.k.a. Sean Stasiak, when he was in WCW, he went in 2000, like, you know, he, after he uh, had his little incident. Uh, the talk boy. Yeah, how the fuck did he get hired and other people didn't? Let's get <laughs> the fucking... Isn't he the person who ruined the run-in at 17? Yes! By talking about yeah. it on the radio. Yes. Why do they have him back? If Sanders just wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready <laughs> to come in and take the spot. So, yeah, in WCW, they did this kind of feud with a bunch of guys. Uh, Jindrak was in there. Mike Sanders was in there. You had the likes of uh, Meat. You also had uh, Palumbo and O'Hare. They were, I'm not sure if they were all in this group, but the idea was it was, here are the young guys, here are the studs in the power plant, and the old guys, the guys who are still here picking up checks, you guys are fucked. So you had like the likes of Mr. Wonderful Porn Orndorff being beaten up by these guys, or Jimmy Snooker getting beaten up by them. And you had Meat saying that he was better than perfect. Aww. So he would take off Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig, who was only able to be known as Kurt Hennig in WCW, but he would come out to this music to get in the mind of Mr. Perfect, which goes a little something like Ironically, it sounds like it was recorded on a talkboy in a bathroom. <laughs> Very ironic indeed. Fucking rubbish. 
So the two teams square off and straight away all three WWF lads hit massive gorilla press slams on all three I love that. That's a great little moment. Good start. Did you notice when Albert came out he had his big brave boy face on? Did he? He looked so nervous. He was like, you know, his big <laughs> smile like, okay, you're my big match. I'm the Intercontinental Champion. Do you think he doesn't want to be pushed? I think... Like, oh, I don't like the responsibility. I don't want to be a Moila misery. I just <laughs> want to be a prince. <laughs> Billy, sorry, I've written down Mannion instead of Canyon. <laughs> but Billy and Mannion start the match off in the corner. Lots of awkward corner offense, like elbows. And Big Show's just stood there like, dude, that's all of my stuff you're doing there. Like, Where does he go, Big Show, in this match? He disappears for all of it. He's not there. Like, they don't use him. Did anyone else get the vibe of WF is, like, even our worst is better than they are best? Yes, yeah. Definitely. You know? Fucking and JR even brings up. He says like, "I'm surprised to see meat here, given what happened." There were meat chants. Did you hear them? No. I was really impressed though with Canyon. Uh, get some nice fast chain wrestling action with them. Oh, guys, seriously, who better than Canyon? <laughs> like, I'm legitimately. He's great. He's so good. Mm. I love Canyon. I'm not quite sure how to describe this, but he does something that's like, it starts off like a Russian leg sweep, but he doesn't let go when he makes the impact. He actually keeps his arms and his legs hooked in, rolls back through again into a standing position, and then hits like a skull-crushing finale yeah. on him. Fucking lovely move. It's basically like Canyon could run rings in terms of coming up with moves. Mm. Again, another guy, and I hate to keep using this phrase, but ahead of his time, Canyon, like the fact that he's known as like the first gay wrestler and it came in a really bad time for him and he you know I remember hearing stories of Kanye like he showed up at like a house show like despondent just begging to like get a shot and get a job and Triple H and Shawn Michaels were like yeah look at this guy <laughs> and they got him kicked out and like yeah, you know, everyone's better than Kanye and he's worse Jeez. like that's just stone cold bullying right yeah there. it is and I get that Kanye probably you know was it was very much in the minority you know being you know first openly gay wrestler in wrestling probably not going to endear yourself to either company in 1999 or 2000 mm. or whatever mm. and that's like it's a sign of how bad the times were but it, it breaks my heart when I think that Canyon never got a proper shot because he's just so good yeah you know never mind the fact that he's got a funny promo and he's got like a silly character that's enjoyable to watch yeah. just moves alone you'd want this lad in there working in like a performance theater just trying to new moves because yes. he was doing stuff that like no one has done before or since truly unique is Canyon and I can't wait to see more of him on this show we get a nice little bit of a, a difference here for once. You see Stacey out working over Billy Gunn, and Billy is the one getting worked over, and he wants to make the hot tag. Yeah. Never seen that side of you. Very, very weird. Still don't like you. No. Uh, we get a regular tag to Albert, but he treats it like it was a hot tag, so Billy's just like, here you go. But Albert comes in like... <laughs> <laughs> fucking murders all WCW lads, stiffing them. Albert is so impressive here. Yeah, he's, he's OP in this match. He's mashuganating everyone. It's fucking ridiculous. And everyone comes in and brawls. Like, there's just a point in the match where it's Albert in the ring and then all the guys on both teams just come in big fight everyone spills to the outside except for Albert he's left on his own in the ring and then one by one everyone comes in all the WCW lads and he just swats them away like try and grab him he's like no slam and then a, a Baldo Brogue right to someone's face <laughs> Baldo Brogue and then a big old Baldo bomb as well and he's, he's basically being positioned like Kane was back in the day or a yeah. like big yeah. show upon his sort of entrance to the company like literally the night after this Loses the icy belt to Landstorm. The end. No the, more Lionel Crush. For fuck's sake. Like, I mean, because the last episode we were like, what the fuck are they pushing this guy for? This is really weird. Like, seeing Albert push so yeah. strong is weird. And then here it's like, 
Fuck yeah! The guy's yeah. a fucking powerhouse. He's a hoss. Let's do it. Literally, that's that's what I was thinking. I'm finally sold on the idea now. Like he can he can have a push. No, no. <laughs> Fuck me. Al tags in Billy Gunn, and then uh, Hugh gets to eat a fame asser. Billy goes. How high up did Billy go for that? The biggest. And Hugh Morris is only a little man as well, so he didn't need to do that. But it was like a nine foot famous or something. Fucking beautiful. Billy goes for the one and only, but Stasiak hits a reverse DDT. Uh, Hugh Morris goes in for the cover, and so does Stasiak. Like, Fucking awful. He ruined the match for me. Stasiak's not the legal man. No. Morris goes in for the pin, and Stasiak is still lying on top of him. And Hugh looks over, and he's like, what are you doing? Stasiak, Stasiak wants the fucking glory. Yeah, and he's like, oh, fine. And then he rolls out of the ring, and then the ref can come in and count. It's Oh, it really kills the match. I, I think it, it ruins the, the end of the match, because the end of this match was happening, and because it was so slow and clunky, I, I went, wait a minute, where's Big Show? Yeah. Because there was a big, do you, there, at one point there was a big, oh, from the crowd. Yes, I was going to ask about this. There's something weird happened. Something like, happened to the Big Show, surely. Yeah. I don't know, because something happened, we didn't see it, and then we had this awful idiot, fucking dumbass, fucking jabroni Stasiak ruin the finish of the match. Sean Stasiak, IRL heel, like a real life heel. He literally wants the glory yeah. at the expense of the other fake wrestling heels. <laughs> So the heels win, but Albert, what is pretty cool is he just misses the three count. And he does it in time, so he actually breaks it up, but just too late. And then he gets up and he's like, oh, for fuck's sake! He sells it really well. Post-match, we get the biggest fucking thunder choke slam. I'm going to call it, to oh, Hugh Morris. This was brilliant. The reason I, I picked you to call this match, Adam, was for this moment coming up here. Because I knew this would be special. Well, it is special because, first of all, it's, I mean, I don't really mind Stasiak, but it's nice to see him get a big choke slam. Fucking despise Hugh Morris, so it's nice to see him get, like, the ugliest choke slam ever. And then Big Show puts Canyon in the powerbomb position, looks up, and he goes, Aliou! <laughs> he called his shot at him! Like Babe Ruth, the Big Show went in there and he called his shot! Even better than the fact that he called his shot and he said alley oop was Michael Cole goes, he calls it the alley oop. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's a rubbish move, isn't it? Oh, what are you on about? They only did it there to send the crowd home happy, mate. Everyone popped big for the alley oop. Speaking of rubbish, right? Finally, for the first time tonight, the Coalition of Chaos, they're ahead. It's four to three now. They're all laid out dead. And Michael Cole just goes, WCW, ECW, beginning to build momentum here <laughs> Like the second is like, don't worry, even though it looks like it'll be all right. It'll be grand. Backstage, Shane with Booker T, who's going to go and own all of the suckers. The energy here is fucking nauseating. I got a headache watching this. Oh, look at it. Own this sucker. You own this sucker's own man. You own this sucker. There's no way. You own these suckers gonna walk out of here with the W tonight. No way. You know, they're lucky to go and live it on the line. Because I am the WCW champ. Oh, yeah. I am the US champion. Yes, you and are. And I am a superior athlete. You are a superior athlete. Suckers. It's gonna see it tonight. Booker T is the greatest of all time. You are the now, greatest. Can you dig that? I can dig it. You these are the greatest. These suckers are going down. They're going there down. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. We so so strange backstage William Regal is all kinds of fired up this is amazing so Jerry so you came to the WWF and you asked me if you could get your shot here in the WWF and you stayed true and loyal to the WWF so tonight tonight is your shot 
You go out there and you take that foul, miserable, toe-rag little gobshag Taz and you pull him apart for me, for Mr. McMahon and most of all for the WWF. Now you can do it, can't you? I know you can do it, can't you? So bloody well go and show it. get him. Calling Taz that gobshag troll. Is fucking perfect. William Regal morphed into an Irishman for a second. <laughs> he should have called him a big feckin' Egypt as well while he was at it. I love this so much. He's like such a Jerry like, you wanna get that bloody gobshite Taz, do you? Do you? Well bloody well go and get him then! And then when Tierry just goes, Tajiri, again, another guy so, so over. But I think like a lot of the people who have been getting a little bit of pushes and they're like, hey, these guys are pretty good. I think by Survivor Series, Tajiri, he's still getting pushed. Whereas all those six people in that match we just saw, I think, bye-bye. You yeah. can't see much of them much more. So coming up next, Taz taking on Tajiri. This is such a weird one for me because I have a mate of mine who I used to watch a lot of wrestling with back home in Galway and we went to WrestleMania together. Two favourite wrestlers were Taz and Tajiri. One of my all-time favourite moments was the first time I ever went to drinking with him and he got really drunk and how I knew that he was a spiritual wrestling pal to, to have and to hold forever was when he started describing the one time in ECW Taz and Tajiri fought because Taz in ECW didn't sell for anyone, was a total killer, destroyed everything and Tajiri was this fucking unstoppable madman the Japanese buzzsaw and my mate as he was drunk literally just starts mimicking out the entire match on his own in a pub and I was like this is great (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen that match but I've seen that and that's pretty much just as good but I think it bears to mention that if someone is willing and so impressed by the way the Taz and Tajiri came off in ECW to publicly pantomime the whole encounter and then you see Taz in his tracksuit and Tajiri still cool but very much a comedy not as cool as he was figure it's like WWF can't help themselves they can't push these guys because Taz and Tajiri are agreeable in their in their minds they like these guys but they can't have them be what they were yeah just not on the cards guys Taz can't be a killer. Tajiri can only be so good. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hate that. Yeah. Kind of feels like this invasion is a bit pointless when this is the... Ob- like, Taz and Tajiri, if you saw that in a car and you were an ECW fan, you'd be like, oh man, it's going to be a fucking war, a bloodbath. It's not. It's a nice five-minute match with Uncle Taz. Yeah. <laughs> and Uncle Tajiri. Like. It, like, it really it feels weird because it really feels like the entire invasion is a, like a really long-winded way of getting Austin to turn back face. <laughs> like, that's honestly how it feels like they're looking at it. It's like... Yeah. We're going to have him be heel, and he's going to become a double heel, then he's going to be a face, back to, you know, back to the golden days. Doesn't matter how many people we bury like, in the like process. Literally, it, feel, it honestly feels like Austin is the only one who matters. Yeah, it's David Lynch working out season three of Twin Peaks. <laughs> JR, when Taz comes out, he's trying to figure out, like, Taz's mindset and where he's at these days, and he just goes, this guy is a strange enigma to say the least. He's paranoid one minute. We broadcast him the next. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are two different ends of the spectrum of emotions. He's done it all and everything in between, including having lunch. (laughs) Big strikes and flurries from both men. Taz going for kind of more of a serious style here compared to the heel Taz we saw against Jerry Lawler. There's no senton bombs here tonight, folks. Taz is all arm bars and flurries and submissions. Love it. He also hits what I can refer to as the Alataza Slam. Horrible. Oh, God. Tajiri mounts a comeback, gets the Tarantula front-facing dropkick. Crowd are just like... The crowd can't believe every time they hear that kick. Yeah. 
Like, it's, you don't want to know how crowds got desensitized to things. We're desensitized to those types of kicks now. We expect them as a standard. But everyone is just like, Wah! It's like a finish every single yeah. one of those strikes. Incredible. And when he goes to that big kick and Taz just folds him up like an accordion that captures suplex and dumps him. Love it. But Tajiri gets the mist. The kick ties it up for a piece for the Coalition of Chaos and the World Wrestling Federation. A grand match. Yeah, yeah it was great. Nice little match. These are two guys who I think WWF are willing to take a risk on because I think they're a bit familiar with them now at this point. Backstage, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, the fashion of Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. Is Matt wearing an iron cross? <laughs> oh, God. Seriously, he's got this big fucking thing. What is that? Oh, I'm going to have to go back and look at that. I didn't even notice that. Triple H has done this as well before. He's worn this like, big fucking thing. It's meant to be like, oh, it's meant symbol. It looks like a fucking iron cross. Yeah. Like. So, yeah. Uh, RVD immediately bops Matt. Just hits him with a chair. You're next, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> All right, mate. See you there. <laughs> they clearly don't know who Rob Van Dam no. is. Okay. We got one of my all-time favorite segments. It's the big shot at the big world. Hardcore Holly, WWF New York. Random sighting here. If anyone has ever seen this, other than Bob Holly wearing it in this one segment, hardcore to the bone. <laughs> I'm the big shot, and this ain't WCW New York. This is WWF New York. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Paddy Hanna was in the background of this one. Uh, he was here. Really? Yeah, he was. He saw Invasion at WWF New York. Nice. Some people have sent me in some slivers of info. We've gotten some. Uh, <laughs> this is really sad. We've gotten some menus. Yeah, I've seen some menus. Did anyone see the Valentine's Day special that uh, oh, we got? No. Yeah, there was one which was win Valentine's Day lunch at WWF New I York. Saw, yeah, and did. there's a big cartoon heart and it's China and heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. Just like, hey. And on the back, it's all the strict terms. It's like, you will go on a lunch at 1 p.m. in WWF New York if you win with Shawn Michaels or China. You will not speak to Shawn Michaels or China. You will not look them in the eye like... What would be more awkward? Lunch in February 2001 at WWF New York with Shawn Michaels mm. or lunch in 2001 February WWF New York with China? I'd rather eat with China, I think. Like, this is when China's in the middle of her feud with Ivory. That'd be something to talk about. This is when they're putting the women's belt on her. It's like, you're going over there now. Yeah. Sean, on the other hand, I probably wouldn't even say anything. I'd just be like... You like they, if it was Sean, off. they might as well just have, like, a standee. <laughs> like, literally just have a cardboard standee. Ooh, sat there, like, you look just like get, your picture. <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get the same amount of conversation. Like, <laughs> Well, Sean, I'm sorry you couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Shawn Michaels' point at all. I like it to be like a Bon Vivore, like the whole wine menu. All of this. Have all of this. All your finest threads, your finest Malbecs. Bring all your bruschetta and pizza sticks. Got Rob Van Dam. Mr. Pay-Per-View. Rob Van Dam. 
taking on the hardcore champion, Jeff Hardy, Interpromotional Warfare. First time tonight, we've got a belt on the line. Yes. I think Rob Van Dam is someone who I got so jaded on and so sick of in the mid to late 2000s and so burnt out on with... Because, like, you know, the shit with Rob Van Dam, he became WWE champion, ECW champion, Mm. got pulled over for pot, lost both belts, and just went into a downward spiral of, like, not giving a shit and Mm. being buried and... Just miserable. Like, being a Rob Van Dam fan was fucking hard work between 2006 mm. and 2012 because it just felt like he was either being shoved down your throat or you were being shortchanged with him mm. and the matches got less and less good. I just kind of... I didn't like Rob Van Dam in the end. I remember hating Rob Van Dam. Him and, Albert, him and Ricardo Rodriguez. That was so horrible. That's like literally like, like the antichrist of wrestling for me. <laughs> like, I, I hate this so much in so many ways. So I was really like dreading going back and watching this because I'm like, oh god, I like I don't like Rob Van Dam that much no more. Like I just think of his shitty TNA run. <laughs> Rob Van Dam, <laughs> you have to get up now. <laughs> you have to go to work. <laughs> you didn't get milk last night. <laughs> I was very excited to go back to basics. Yeah. Back to formula <laughs> and what's Rob Van Dam from the get-go. And this was great. Oh, Jesus, what a match. Yes. What a fucking match. Rob Van Dam. We said it about Kidman, but for Kidman, it's maybe a 5 out of 10 on the different scale. Rob Van Dam is 5,000. He is so different. Mm-hmm. So different to everyone else. The announcers are just saying, oh, he's egotistical. He loves himself. And Rob Van Dam... He's a little reserved. He does the thumbs a little bit. You don't know what to make of him at the start. And within five seconds, not let alone five minutes, Rob Van Dam is showing you things that he can do that no one WF could have done at the time, before, probably since. The split-legged, flipping on his back onto the side, the stuff he's doing with Jeff is just so impressive. And you're here, here's your guy, Mr. ECW. We'll put him in the hardcore match with Jeff Hardy. And what does Rob Van Dam do? He spends five minutes showing you how good he is at mat wrestling at yeah. the start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the Rob Van Dam I fell in love with. The yeah, Rob Van Dam who's worth more money now elsewhere. I just love it so much. He does so much impressive shit here. I love the smug little face he pulls every time he does a move. Yeah. As if like turning to the audience like, you can share me if you want, guys. Yeah. Like, he winks into the camera at one yeah. point. Like, He's so good. There is a part when he before he does his thumbs where he, he licks his fingers, makes a little money gesture, and then does the Rob Van Dam. And it just makes me sick that we have to deal with dude whatever. Ever. Dude wears my RVD for the rest of this run mm. because straight away because people pop for his stuff he gets pushed as this cool whatever good guy yeah. in the alliance and I really think Rob Van Dam is that fucking prick heel. I remember going back and seeing his stuff in ECW in '97 where he's a heel and I was like, "There's no way he can be a heel." And I was like, "This guy's an insufferable cunt. I hate him so much." So I'm really, really sad we're not going to see more of him. Michael Cole here says that Rob Van Dam is like that movie, The Matrix. Oh, he's just like it. Because flips. 90 minutes long. <laughs> Big spill off the top rope to the barricades. Jeff Hardy does his barricade run, which is very scary. Makes even scarier by the fact that Rob Van Dam runs up on the barricade and shoulder blocks him off. They brawl in the crowd. Rob Van Dam moonsaults onto Jeff and the concrete. Jeff is no slouch here either. He's showing you that he can go as a singles guy. Spin and leg drop off the apron onto Jeff Hardy. Rob Van Dam doing that axe kick. Yeah. 
looks fucking vicious. Just everything he does. I remember as a child, I remember distinctly watching this pay-per-view and seeing Rob Van Dam for the first time and just being floored by him. Because unlike all the other WCW guys and ECW guys who are either a bit shit or kind of normal, mm. he really did feel foreign. He felt like he was representing a style of wrestling that I literally never, ever, ever heard of or seen yeah. before. It's so different to anything else. I remember seeing this as a kid, and then like my brother and his friends who watched ECW, like, oh yeah, yeah, no, you should see some of his like you know, how great it was. And it was one of the first times I was like, I need to seek out more footage of this gentleman. Mm-hmm. I'd never had to before because I just cared about. I had a WWF soul, if you would, <laughs> and I didn't care about anyone else really. So Jeff Hardy hits a sunset foot powerbomb onto the floor. Ow! The thud. <sighs> the thud, like. They take a lot of sick bumps in this one. These guys are sore after it. Big ladder gets whipped out. Jeff takes a sick bump off the top onto the ramp. Jesus, Ronan just pushes the ladder. It's like, there's so many moments where it's like, ah, they're not going to. Oh shit, they did! They did. (laughs) And what do we get at this point? Some very, very interesting indeed. Did anyone pick up a very special bit of commentary here? How the hell do you learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? And then, later on, we get, how's he even able to stand? Wow, two for one. Two for one. This is weird. I felt sure we'd already had these in pay-per-views before. I thought we'd already pointed these out. I think, I had... think we probably have. Just been wrong. <laughs> I, I, I swear that was it. It sent the exact same No, no, I, I know, because I noticed it as well. It sounded exactly like it. And at the time when I heard it on the pay-per-view, I thought, I thought we'd already had that in somewhere else. Well, you might just say it exactly the same way. How the hell do you learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? Trainers, EMTs, referees, Dan, we don't need no stinking badges. You know, it's all part of the uh, rich uh, tapestry there, you know? Chair gets taken into play by Rob Van Dam, and straight away, I love that Cole and JR actually do try here. They're like, oh... If you think Jeff Hardy's good with ladders, wait till you see Rob Van Dam with a chair because this guy can do stuff that is just so scary. Hits the Van Daminator to Jeff and he goes flying off the stage. Oh my God. Split-legged moonsault as well. Rob Van Dam meets a DDT in the ring and he's selling like no one has ever sold before for a DDT. Just like, how does his body work? Spring-loaded neck. It's something incredible. The Swanton misses. Rob Van Dam puts the hardcore belt onto Jeff. Five star frog splash. One, two, three. Rob Van Dam wins his first WWF match. Wins the hardcore belt and wins a legion of fans. Fucking awesome. What did you guys think? Incredible. Absolutely brilliant. And what I'll say as well is, because we've already said all the litany of good things about this match, but it being the one match on the card that had a title on the line made a huge difference Mm. as well, I think. Big fight feel like. All the other matches tonight, there are no stakes whatsoever. It doesn't matter one bit if uh, Il Hebner beats... Nick Patrick. Patrick. It doesn't matter what. Oh, don't name. pretend you don't know. <laughs> Whoever. I'm a nerd. I don't know. But, but even the inaugural brawl doesn't really matter. Yeah. At least this had stakes of Absolutely. some description. It's everything you want to see in a debut. Everything you want to see in an interpromotional match. A clash of styles. I fucking JR is even gushing about the match. He's like, that that's incredible. I don't he goes, I don't know how many stars you want to give that one, which is his translation of saying like it's really good this match, it's fantastic. I will say though, I get a little pop every time Rob Van Dam does his sore tummy face. You know, when he does the five stars frog smash, he goes, mm, <laughs> I had too much candy. <laughs> Backstage, Vince McMahon is with Kurt Angle. Kurt, you've got to be in the right frame of mind for this inaugural brawl. You've got to think about the beating you took on SmackDown this past Thursday. You've got to think about all of those things. You've got to think about your role in leadership, Kurt. You've got to think about your country. You've got to think about the 
the American flag, the red, white, and blue, old glory. You gotta think about the, oh, oh, hold on a second. Enough of this Americana bullshit. Do you know what I did in the 1996 Olympics, Vince? I know exactly what you did, you won the gold medal. I kicked some serious ass. Which is what I'm gonna do tonight. And sure, I'm gonna do it for my country. And I'm gonna do it for my company. But most of all, I'm gonna do it for me. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Well, speaking of serious behinds, up next, Raw and Panties. He psychs him up with talk of leadership, the flag, etc. And then Kurt Angle's like, Enough of this Americana bullshit. <laughs> if there is one way to cement a babyface turn, it's dropping shit on TV and getting away with it. Like only the top faces are allowed yeah. to do that. I will say they did this a little bit here. They did a lot on Raw the next night, but they are deciding because you know we said in your last episode, full face turn for Kurt Angle. He's beloved. He got beaten. He got beaten to blitz on SmackDown, so he's really sympathetic at the moment. But they thought, yeah, Kurt's a little bit hokey. So we have him here saying, "Love this Americana bullshit." If you don't mind. pardon my fucking French, <laughs> I mean, pardon my fucking American, if you know what I'm talking about. And then the next uh, on Raw, Bradshaw and Farouk, they loved him. They were big up from like, "Hey, we love what you're doing, Kurt. You're great. We got this for you." He's like, "What's this? It's beer. It's what we drink." And he's like, "Oh." Beer, huh? <laughs> it begins! <laughs> and he, he drinks and goes, wow, when do they start making this stuff? <laughs> Come on! And later on the night, Vince is like, damn it, Kurt, we need action. He's like, you want action? And he like holds him up against the wall. He's like, I'm going to give you so much action, Vince, your head's going to spin. He's all like, I'm cool, Kurt Angle. <laughs> and then like, later on the night, he's like in someone's face and someone's like, oh my God, have you been drinking, Kurt? And he's like, whatever, guys. <laughs> so thankfully that didn't last. Yeah, why are they doing that? It was going so well for him. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. So yeah, Kurt says he's going to go and kick some serious behinds. Speaking of serious behinds. Uh, it's round. It's uh, Leah and Trish taking on Stacy and Tori in a firmness determination contest. Tori and I, we have thought up of the first ever bra and panty tag team match at Invasion. So we're gonna prove to Trish and Lita why the women of WCW always come out on top. Trish, look, I understand we have to team together at Invasion for the bra and panties tag team match, okay? okay. I'm okay with that. It's business. But we do have some major personal issues. Yeah, personal differences which began a couple of weeks ago when Trish Stratus in Lita's mind had the gall to plant a big old kiss on Lita's boyfriend, Matt Hardy. I don't think Lita's too pleased either with Trish's uh, budding relationship with the uh, one Jeff Hardy. Lita says, come on, let's just get this thing on. Let's get this settled right now. Tori and I are gonna prove why the women of WCW are much more attractive. We have better bodies and we're way more athletic than Trish and Lita. Yeah. It was a nice meeting you. What, what was that all about? Girls dig us. A look at the look on Lita's face. She saw that all happen. Man, this is not gonna bode well. That invasion between these four women, let me tell you. Look, I know we're not the best of friends, but we are WWF, and that is why we need to stick together. There's Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler of WCW. Tori and Stacey taking it to Trish. Here comes Lita! And Lita means business! 
match, we are going to humiliate them. I do to Trish Stratus tonight is going to be nothing compared to what we do to her and Lita this Sunday at Invasion. Tori Wilson's going to find herself in a situation she's very familiar with. She's going down. Trish and Lita against Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson. Invasion is going to be unreal. First team to strip their opponents down to their bra and panties wins. It's that simple. Two of these ladies are going to be stripped down to their unmissionable. Bra and panties, first ever tag team match. Christian Lita against Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson. The fucking recap package is so dumb and so fucking long. It's a package. Why are we getting a package? Way package. Uh. Lads, 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 lads. There's like Leisure Sweet Larry music. It's like... I like I'm in a slightly too shit restaurant that's playing this sexy music. I don't know. Mick Awkward Foley is our special guest referee. They're my four Christmas crackers. And I wouldn't mind pulling one of those. (laughs) There's no king here tonight. And I could clearly describe this match as nothing but king bait. (laughs) Yeah. They have been trying to get him back this whole time, apparently. That's why they booked it. Literally. (laughs) It's like leaving a pie cooling on a windowsill. So, uh, yeah, they're literally trying to get him back at the moment. And King's playing hardball because he's doing some. He's doing. Uh, he's doing something different, Adam. Oh. Guess what? You and I are <laughs> reviewing later on. It's wrestling without the politics. On the cover is Hulk Hogan. So we've got to look forward to it. 9p on Amazon. So, uh, oh, no. That's what your patronage uh, gets that's us, less, folks. That's less money than Wrestling Society X. Yeah, it's cheaper. Oh, Jesus. I love, love, love how easily seduced and shit the Hardys are. Like, they're meant to be going out with Trish and Lita. Like, that's established now. Lita and Trish have put aside their differences. They're okay because they're going to beat up and humiliate these WCW ladies and they're WWF through and through. That's what it's all about. And then, like, Stacey and Tori are like, hey, guys. And Matt and Jeff are like, whoa, other women? <laughs> Would you what? Look how firm their breasts are. <laughs> and I, they start making knees. <laughs> I thought <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Trish Stratton says that uh, Tori Wilson is going to find herself in a situation that she's familiar with. She's going down to suck penises, I guess, is what the implication is there. What are they saying here? I just I hate know, this. I know. Like, talk, like, the whole thing is meant to be, we're better than them because we're actually wrestlers. Those guys are just fucking, you know, they want to be models or whatever. Fine. But why are they having like Trish and Nina be like, they're sluts as well, though, yeah. you know, not like us. I fucking hate it. So fucking cringy. Tori's shirt says cowboy on it. They are all wearing cheap clothes that clearly were given to them. Yeah, like. she's a newest member of the ranch, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Like, I'm moving on. Muscles and money now. I leave that ranch shit in the dust. Did you hear JR and Cole trying to put over the good strategy of the heels, though? Like, oh, it was a wise idea for Stacey and Tori to be wearing the long, tight pants. It'll be difficult for their opponents to remove. Great psychology. Seriously, Gordon Soli over there with the analysis, like, <laughs> and uh, but everyone is wearing the exact same outfit. Everyone yeah. is wearing tops and bottoms. My, so. my favorite moment of commentary in this is Michael Cole just going, "Why the hell am I calling wrestling moves?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been asking myself a long time, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Tori Wilson has the worst music ever. It's like fucking Guy Goss's abstract music from Earthbound. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> so peculiar 
JR says that thongs are legal. Yahoo. Oh, he did not mean that. He did not want to have to say that. Puppies. What's going through Lita's head in this moment? I feel so like, bad for her. Seriously. I mean, Trish I feel bad for, but Trish, you know, she was still only a couple years in. She was still transitioning from a model to a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Lita is, through and through, a wrestler. She's always been a wrestler, and she's just in this fucking muck. Like, I I can't help but believe that Stacey and Tori, Stacey and Tori both from, like, glamour modelling, fitness modelling, dance backgrounds. Like, I think Stacey was a cheerleader. Like, they know why they're in this for it, one could assume. Yeah. They're not here to put on wrestling classics. Fine, that's grand, but their their characters are going to make money. They're, they're part of the WCW thing. But, like, when JR immediately tars them all with the same brush, he's like, oh, this ain't going to be worth shit. None of these can wrestle. Like, Lita is in there, and he's, instead of making the distinction between the WCW models who aren't wrestlers... Which they've done throughout this whole thing. But yeah. literally every single person who's did WWF has said, these lads, fucking great. Do you think... These you women, sh- doesn't matter what, t- what team they're on, they're shit, mate. It's really crappy as well, because I mean, you can only imagine that Stacey and Tori were there with Paul speaking in Latin about death to sports entertainment. You know, they're, what, they're like, yeah, they want to go back to the proper roots of wrestling, Stacey and Tori. Death to sports entertainment. <laughs> the story of the match is that no one can wrestle, but WCW can wrestle slightly worse. They remove items of clothing, basically taking turns. Michael Cole says, the inaugural brawl is coming up. And then Jerry goes, yes, then we'll get serious. <laughs> Waited all night to get serious. Stacy and Tori will get double teams. They both get stripped. Team WF win. This literally ties it up to five to five. And the highlight of this match is that when Stacy and Tori are there in the ring and Mick Foley is giving them their clothes back, Lee and Trish celebrate up the ramp. And Lee, uh, did you see what happened? Because you know the way it's that weird V-shaped ramp. Yeah. And there's the gap in the middle, the one that Jeff took a spill into. Trish is walking back on. Ha ha! You guys got embarrassed, and she literally is about to walk backwards right off the back and walk off the rack and Lita's literally like whoa there cowboy and she literally saves Trish's life Trish was gonna fall and really hurt herself wow because you've heard about people falling through trap doors like Bulldog fell through a trap door and that's like fucked him up forever Trish fell backwards on her fucking head jeez would have really put an odd taste in the rest of the bra and panty matches that WF (laughs) offered in years afterwards backstage in the Coalition of Chaos lair Heyman does a this is the dance type promo. Yeah. This is the time is now. now. That's it. It's do or die. They don't realize that you have the chance tonight to change the course of history. History. Do you right. realize that you have a chance tonight to show the difference between a loser and a winner? Yeah, do you realize that you have the chance tonight to show everybody yeah. the difference between a failure and a god? Yeah. I ask you. What do you want to be in your life? A god! A failure or a god? Who testified? Yes. Time is over for talking. Let's go to this ring and let's get this done. Let's take it! Let's take it! Let's do this! Let's do this! Let's do this! says they're going to be gods all right and the, the promo ends like with too much shrieking and shouting like they're all going like yeah 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 and you think like, okay I'll cut away now but it goes on for like 30 seconds too long just noise 
should have just been Heyman, I think. Yeah. Because everyone has to get their shit in, and it's really awkward as well, because Heyman's in the middle of this big, that's what it's going to be, guys. And Shane's like, I don't forget another thing as well, guys. You can tell Heyman, he looks like he's like, oh, you just fucking cut me off, motherfucker. Yeah. So it's. Uh, Stephanie jumps in and is like, can you dig that sucker? Uh, Bang! <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Palumbo and Charlotte Hair! <laughs> Close up of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, something's going on in there. Brooding. Cuts a little old Stone Cold promo. Are you trying to motivate me, Vince? I don't need nobody to come here and give me no pep rally. I didn't come here to sing to nobody. I ain't here to play guitar to nobody. I ain't here to hug nobody. I'm here to go out there and whip somebody's ass. Do you know why? Because that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. And that's the bottom line. But I don't really mean shit. WWF versus the Coalition of Chaos. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, the Brothers of Destruction, Kane the Undertaker, and Chris Jericho taking on DDP, Booker T, Rhino, and the damn Dudleys. What's on the line? Who knows? WCW-ECW combination. We've never had that kind of threat. Steve. Steve? I need your help. 
this Sunday at Invasion in the inaugural brawl. It's our five best against their five best and their very best. Stone Cold Steve Austin ain't at his best anymore, now is he? Starting tonight, we ain't taking this no more. Yeah. It is up to every one of you to take out the WWF forever. Yeah. There's no shame in going out and fighting and getting your ass kicked. The line in the sand has been drawn. There's no going back. Hey, after this Sunday, there is no tomorrow. But there's no honor in not fighting at all. Are you with us? Gentlemen, now is the time. Get up, stand up, and fight! job in this recap they I mean they linked it all together yeah Shane buying WCW the ECW invasion the old stone colds what has been your favourite part of all this stuff so far because we've had real big moments if we go from Shane buying WCW up until this moment here what's the the best moment in your mind ironically to me the thing that I've been fondest of is something that actually you don't need the invasion for at all it's just been Vince Austin and Kurt backstage yeah. together yeah. and you could do that at any time of year you don't need this angle for that so if I'm going to ask about angle specific stuff then um, it would be the ECW reveal that was like the one big moment where it's like okay that was cool they still fucked it up later but it was yeah. still awesome. but that promo from Heyman I think that killer promo mm. absolutely killer promo how about you Bill I would probably say it's um, the Old Stone Cold yeah Old Stone Cold was fucking great um, on the ECW one, though, a bit interesting. I mentioned earlier uh, Paul Heyman, smartest man in wrestling. Uh, oh, boy, he outdid himself in this one. Do you know that when they did the ECW reveal and invasion on the episode of Raw we talked about, they didn't own the rights to ECW or the name or own any part of ECW whatsoever? Because you said, I think we said on the episode that they owned... The name, but none of the assets. Yes. Well, I was dead wrong because I went into the old archives of the internet. I found, you know, few figure four weekly newsletters recapping all this. And holy shit, they owned nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. At all. None of it. How? Because Heyman had declared personal bankruptcy. The company that owned ECW had also declared bankruptcy. So ECW, its copyrights, its assets, everything was technically owned by the bankruptcy court who assigns a creditor to look after things. So what had happened, and it's a little bit shady as to how this all went down, but essentially the uh, belief is that Heyman led people to believe 
that he owned the ECW trademarks. It's his. He owns it personally. I don't think he revealed to everyone that he had given everything up in bankruptcy court. Because you remember you heard the story about the Dudleys? When they went to WWF, Heyman told them, you guys own the name. Because I own it, yeah. and you can use it. And yeah. then who owned it in the end? WWE owned it, yeah. and they had to change their name. So what happened was, on that Raw, you had the ECW Invasion come out, which was promoted by, and the idea, who think came up with it and pitched it to Vince... It was Heyman. Yeah, <laughs> he was absolutely. the one who said, look, the invasion is floundering. We need to reset things. Bring in ECW. We can do this promo. We can do this angle. It'll really get a lot of attention. So you have them on Raw saying that Stephanie owns the company, which she doesn't, and they're using the trademarks freely. Now, what was interesting is that in bankruptcy court, Heyman was meant to go for a few appearances to chat with them about the status of their finances and how they wanted to proceed, sell things off, because a lot of people were owned money. Paul was owned around 100 or 200,000 from ECW. Heyman's parents were owned around 3 or 4 million because their shell company gave a lot of money to ECW. So Heyman, when he did this angle, all of this happens and WF get a knock at the door saying, hey guys, you're actively promoting a pay-per-view using copyright that you do not own. And WF went to bankruptcy court and <laughs> their actual, I explained the court transcripts, they described the ECW copyright as being like a sofa left out in the yard sale <laughs> that anyone could come by and pick up. Uh, <laughs> was, was Vince himself defending the <laughs> yeah. something? Like, who the fuck would say that? Jerry McDevitt, their legal guy, wow. I guess. But here's the really interesting thing about it, though. The value of ECW before this all happened was probably worth a couple of hundred grand. Not that much indeed. And if a couple of hundred grand was paid for ECW, Heyman might get a little bit, his parents might get a little bit, but the majority of that was apparently meant to go to Acclaim, who had been owed a lot of money, the video game company they had a fucking terrible time with. So what they did was, they do this angle, big hype up, and now all of a sudden ECW is being promoted, everyone's talking about ECW, ECW is part of WBF. So WWF decide, right, we'll go to bankruptcy court and we'll buy the copyright, which is now at a much, much higher price. Paul Heyman gets his payday. His parents get the payday. A much bigger payday than they would have gotten otherwise. And WWF, at the last minute, got an injunction, which meant that they could backdate the copyright, which meant that what they did the previous week was fine. So Heyman went from being a man who had personal and corporate bankruptcy to getting his brand on TV, getting himself off commentary, getting himself paid, and getting his parents paid. All the while not having to pay anyone from ECW who's owed money. Because dang, bankruptcy court, guys. He's fucking amazing. Like, amazing. he's so scummy, but that's amazing. Yeah, that is rich. And honestly, there's probably way more to it than that. Yeah. That's all that could be gleaned because Heyman lips are sealed about all that. That should be a film. Like, imagine <laughs> that as a film. In fucking credible. I can't believe he's managed to do all this. And, like, how you can. Like tells ball face light. like he probably when he was hired by Vince he was like well I own the trademark yeah. CCW as well so we could do something down the line when he was pitching it to the writers he wasn't saying oh of course uh, you know a creditor owns all the copyrights at the moment I don't know how much they spent but when you think about the fact that WCW and ECW went for similar figures as in million or two mm. that's shocking considering cheaper. ECW is not worth millions yes. no. you know it was worth like Eric Bischoff said about WCW it was worth 50 bucks probably so everyone comes out with alternating entrances yeah I thought it was a good idea break it up yeah see who's over see who's not does take a long time though 
Shane and Stephanie have no heat. Why is that? Because well, Shane's so likable for one thing. But he betrayed the Undertaker. This yeah, is literally the shite. phony tough attacking the crazy brave. Yeah, but the Undertaker's shite at the moment. Shane's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still, when you think about it, this is like a month removed from Shane, a King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. You can see why we wanted to take a bit of time to go through some of those Raws because, like, this is a guy who I still loved as a kid. I yeah. don't know if I want to boo Shane at the moment. He's still Shane McMahon, I guess. Vince looks sour as fuck when he comes out. And Michael Cole says that Stephanie's the boss of ECW, but Paul Heyman is the general manager of ECW. Is that what we're going with now? That's what we're going with now. Whatever. Happy the Dudley boys are in a better spot. Guys who deserve to be towards the main event, I think. That's that's nice. They're good enough. The boogers of destruction come out. Massive pop. That it's my yard shirt. My most treasured possession is Billy Keeble got me an It's My Yard shirt and bandana themed Undertaker action figure. <laughs> Lovely. Rhino's out. I eagerly wait all of his matches this season because yeah. Heyman screams gore all the time. He screams at him as he's coming out. And Rhino is one of the people who gets over in this invasion, I think. JR says that Chris Jericho is a gamer. All what right. does that mean? That's a Played Banjo-Kazooie? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he brings up his title run in 2000. You know, the whole controversy with Triple H in April. Right. You know, they go, oh, Chris Jericho, he had the WWF Championship, but a travesty, a miscarriage of justice, it was taken away from him. I was like, oh, that's a nice little wrinkle to give Jericho. Yeah. Make him seem like he's a bigger deal. Uh, not when anyone else in the alliance gets that kind of a, a helping hand. Mm. Booker T who comes <laughs> out. JR has some choice words for him, gentlemen. He had potential at one time. He's been here a month! Yeah, give him a chance. He's no Ric Flair. He's no Sting. Those men had character. Those men said no to us. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you even bring them up? That's terrible thinking. Can you imagine the kind of fucking idiot who comes stand for this (laughs) shithole? Morons. Huge pop for Kurt Fuck Americana Angle. Silence for DDP, who gets beat up mid-entrance. Oh, God. he's meant to be their ace. I know. Poor guy. His contractually obligated main event. <laughs> like, big brawl to start. We delay the entrance of Stone Cold Steve Austin pulling the old rock trick there. You yeah. know, it's everyone's mid. Make the save. The pop for Austin. Oh, yeah. my God. I could say it's bigger than a lot of the stuff from the Attitude Era, even. No, I'd say it's, it's, it's as big, if not more. It's because it's the old Stone Cold, Billy. Mm. It should have had Fink announce him as such as well, I think. The old Stone Cold. We'll have Fink say, Stone Cold, and then Vince like tapping ah, the ah, 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 ah. The old <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have been informed that it's <laughs> the old. <laughs> Steve Austin, week before this match, you know, he hadn't been wrestling on Raw and stuff because he'd been sore. Fishy diagnosed, two broken bones in his hand, two broken backbones as well. Jesus Christ. Did you notice in this match that Austin had a broken no. back and broken hands? I did no. not. He had wrist tape. That's about it. Wow. On his hands. Hit it well. He was told because they weren't load-bearing bones, he would be all right. Austin hit a top rope superplex in the first five minutes of this match yeah. to fucking Rhino. The biggest fucking status man on that team. Compare and contrast with CM Punk, who, you know, he in the end of his run, when he was feeling hurt and he was run down... He did a little poo. He did. All he could do... <laughs> all he could do was short-arm clotheslines and diarrhea. That's all he could do, like. But, like, Austin... Think about it. Austin, in his career, when did he slow down? He never really did, did he? 
You could argue him slowing down is after he had his neck broken from the polygon. But from his full run, when but, he went yeah. stone, when it was Stone Cold Steve Austin on the top of his game from 98 until 2002 when he was gone. He didn't. He retired. That's crazy to think. That never like People all get to a point where they slow down, but Austin just went, well, I guess it shows you that fucking work ethic. Hell for fucking leather, you know? Austin ain't doing no little poo in the ring here tonight. <laughs> no ref's going to have to pocket that. Like. <laughs> Jim Ross refers to the old Stone Cold coming out on Raw as a religious experience. <laughs> for you, maybe, Jim. Yeah. How fucking shit are the Coalition of Chaos here? I thought, well, at least these are the main event guys. They're not going to be fucking idiots. They keep goofing up. They run into each other. They keep being out-wrestled. They keep having to run away. Way, every single one of them I thought oh maybe DDP's a coward everyone's a coward mm-hmm. the Dudley boys have suddenly gotten crap they keep hitting each other Yeah, it's like you can't hang you are not as good no uncertain terms so much star power though in this match despite like all the injuries and absences the WWF team those are five guys who could all be on top you'd yeah. say maybe Kane uh, yeah. but yeah I pop C and Vince pop for WWF guys yeah. doing big spots I found the first half of this match incredibly dull really? It yeah because yeah. it really felt like these two men fight then these two men yeah. fight everyone gets a go yeah that it's too, it was too I don't know clinical I guess yeah. it's, like, it's like the old too Survivor Series type VO yeah. let's take turns the second half of this match gets so delightfully chaotic and mm. that's when it gets really gets really good for me and it's I think the reason why like that might be is that you don't have eliminations to break up the first yeah. half of the match but yeah. I think the fact that there isn't eliminations makes the end more chaotic as you say and, and better as a result Taker gets his hands on DDP JR says that Diamond Dallas Page is ugly not the best you've got Jim. oh no the best he's got is what he called Paul Heyman on Smackdown Paul Heyman he is a sick smelly hideous human being <laughs> smelly <laughs> I pop seeing Heyman sympathy sell for every single move everyone on the team gets like, oh no and like he hits him on the back he, he even holds his back going, oh he's just like showing look how much better I am at this you don't need me on commentary <laughs> have me out here take us down TDP demands to come in. Light, meticulously planned offense. Big sign in the front row. And a Mr. Trick here. WCW fears the goon. <laughs> I'd like a gimmick battle royale inaugural brawl. Like the five work, like roadblock, fucking glacier. All the, the Doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Dungeon Doom against like the, all the guys from the gimmick battle royale. Like. For a second, I thought you said WCW fears the goo when they were talking about the Mick Foley goo. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway in, the WF are all in control the entire time at no point, other than a few bits here and there where they oh they manage to sneak in some offense. It's like tag, better guy comes in, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Lots of spots where one WF guy vanly beats off and beats the shit out of two or three WCW ECW guys. Like the guy in the corner, Jericho fights off the Dudleys and DDP. Then fucking Undertaker does it. Then fucking Austin does it. The thing is, on SmackDown, they actually had a point where. Kurt Angle and The Undertaker were left in the ring on their own on SmackDown and every single member of the Alliance ran out as in 25 guys ran out and they cleared the ring single-handedly it was only when only when they got attacked from behind then by Shane that the tide turned but yeah those wrestlers ain't up so much so Shane's better than 25 wrestlers pretty much like JR starts telling us the difference between the different brands 
I like the WWF style. Of course you fucking do. <laughs> That's the difference. I like it. JR likes one. I, like, I like them old-fashioned hamburgers. It's, it's, it's interesting that JR says that he likes the people who pay him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'd be motivated in a similar manner, I yeah. guess. Although he does say that WCW style was dialed back and lazy, and that ECW is the polar opposite. Career-shortening Kool-Aid suicide. Kool-Aid suicide. Think of people down. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt beautifully owns the Dudley boys. Mm-hmm. He suplexes them, fucks them around, love it. Rhino's the only man on the Alliance who seems to be able to take control on his own. Big pop for Austin, given the finger as well. We get little shots of the old Stone Cold. I will say, Austin, like, the master plan, is it, that he's just beating up all of his mates? I guess. I hate that. Stupid, stupid idea. Like, don't have him in the match or have him no. against one guy who he doesn't like, but he's beating up everyone. Booker T, it's a scissors kick. Spinneroony, Jim Ross criticism. DDP doesn't move, hey! Yeah. move. He's spinning powerbomb, doesn't he? And then he uh, works over Angle with some bits that were written down. And Austin on the apron manages to pull the referee. How? The ref didn't see the hot tag? I don't know. And then DDP hits... This is the saddest moment. I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. What happens? He hits his finisher, his big finish, the diamond cutter on Kurt Angle. Neckbreaker there. That's it. And then Jared goes, oh, I think that was the diamond cutter. <laughs> no, no, just a neckbreaker. Uh, I showed, like, when we were doing DDP for How To Wrestling, I, like, I showed Joe there's a compilation, like, 20 minutes of diamond cutters being hit out of nowhere in WCW. And this is, like, from 96 all the way to 2001. Every time the whole crowd, woo, like, fucking exploding. And here, just a move. Yeah. And you've told us as much, so thanks, I guess. <laughs> Big brawl. Rhino misses. He's a target and gores Booker T. No one on this team can fucking get anything going for themselves. Taker kills DDP. Hits a choke slam. He's going to give it a last try, but DDP don't take no big bumps like that, brother. So he does it to Little Mage instead. It looks fucking horrible on that little man as well. I can see it happen any time of the week. Austin's knee is broken. He's on the outside. He's hurt. The Dudley boys get at some table, and this is that beautiful chaos that the coalition yeah. is known for, I guess. Devon gets choked down through an announce table. Then Kane gets double suplex through the Spanish announce table. Jericho does the pounce. Monty Brown's yeah. old move. You're going down, down, down. You're gonna catch oh. your ass in the ground. Wow. Rhino goes through that table. Booker T and Bubba Ray do two on one on Kurt Angle, and just this is beautiful. Kurt coming back against Big Bubba, Booker T, fucking love it. And Vince, he's still Vince, you know? He passes the belt to Kurt. It's like, come on, let's just end this. Bottom with this fucking thing. Shane McMahon nicks it and Cole Cox, Vince McMahon. Oh my God. I've never seen anyone hit someone the way Shane hits his own father. It's just like, <laughs> wow, it's amazing. Courtesy Olympic Slam on Booker T and on Bubba Ray Dudley. The anchor lock is locked in. Booker T is tapping like a madman, but there's no referee. The crowd lose their mind as soon as Kurt puts the anchor lock on him. That move is so fucking over. Oh my God. People can tell it's the finish straight away. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's the anchor lock. It's got to be it. Like. And then here he comes. Stone Cold Steve Austin. No! Again. This was a 
shit moment for me because this is another moment where like waves of people start watching wrestling yeah. I remember distinctly being in school like in September afterwards and everyone kind of go like laughing at like like how many times can JR have his heart broken like yeah. how many times can they pull the same trick on you because it's like it's the same thing again isn't it we turned Austin face and the crowd were a little bit like mm, are we sure about this but we just got to the point where everyone was happy he's mm-hmm. definitely the old stone cold back to square one he's a heel again what are your thoughts on the heel turn? I mean, the Coalition of Chaos, they pick up the win here. We end the night 6-5, to five, so the Alliance technically won out on numbers, although they didn't feel like it's... I mean, I had to check my numbers like 10 times, but really, they won? But let's talk about the heel turn first of all. Adam? Um, I think it's stupid in the sense that it's been less than six months. We've already had Austin big heel turn, turn face again, and then a big heel turn again when the other one's still in everyone's memories, really fresh. I think it was kind of necessary, though. They... But to be the old Stone Cold, could we have had like Austin be a bit more like Richard, I guess, and have him be halfway? And it's like, look, he's not the old Stone Cold, but at least he's on our side, and goddammit. But that yeah. wouldn't have popped the numbers on the ratings, I guess, no. or had the buy rates. Like, I... The only reason I can see for this is he's the old Stone Cold, which is, I'm against Vince. That's true. That's I, the only thing I can see. Is like you wanted me to be the old Stone Cold. That means fuck you, old man. I do. I remember reading in WWF magazine, and uh, someone wrote a letter going, "Hey, guy." And WWF magazine was always in kayfabe. Yeah. And someone wrote a letter to the editor, like, "I don't see why everybody's losing their minds about this. He's just the same old rattlesnake who hates Vince McMahon." I was like in the study, going, mm, "Goodness, what a very alarming letter to the editor." <laughs> you know, he was. <laughs> he's right. That is. It makes sense. But I think it's like. You kind of push all the fans away at WrestleMania 17. You kind of go, come on, come back in here. Come in. Now, fuck off again. Yeah, yeah, it is. Really, really on the nose. What's Austin's motivation for all this, do you think? Why is Austin decided, why did he do this double turn? He has a reason. I think it's because Vince wanted the old Stone Cold back so badly that he was like, oh, you, now you suddenly want the old me that you used to hate. You used to hate me back then, then we became friends, and now you want me to be like that again. And I reckon that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Is Billy? it because he, he could see into the future and said, if I do this, I'll get a little song from the Alliance? <laughs> <laughs> I like a song. It's nice to be sung to for a change. Because yeah. <laughs> he does get that little song, doesn't he? Austin comes, he does. He, he does. We, we may even have to cover that raw, actually. <laughs> Stone Cold Appreciation Night. Thanks for the idea, Billy. Good <laughs> that would be a good idea. So Austin comes out the next night to explain his reasons. He comes out to the evil, weird, warped, stone cold, backwards glass. I love it. I think it's so fucking dark and sad and scary. Austin comes out and he's like, Oh, everyone wants to see the old Stone Cold, but all of a sudden, it's not good enough for you. You don't just want to hug Stone Cold Steve Austin. You want to hug Kurt Angle. He's not He's not your friend. I was your friend. And like, Austin literally has lost his mind because Vince isn't his friend. Wow. So he is still that broken, warped, mad, even more so. He is that little boy Steve Austin. So it's all that st- it's all the stuff that was bothering him in all those short little vignettes. And it's just yeah. it's pushed him over the edge. And another thing as well, on SmackDown before the Old Stone Cold, at one point Vince goes, Oh hang on, I've just got a call. I'll be back in one second and then we'll talk about the old Stone Cold. Yeah, and he's all happy and Austin's kind of looks a little concerned and Austin says on Raw he's like I know what you're doing behind my back you're taking phone calls who's on that phone Vince you're talking to The Rock you're talking to The Rock you're going to bring back The Rock why don't you like Stone Cold Steve Austin like, so his whole thing is 
Shane and Stephanie and Heyman easily can manipulate him and go, look, come we appreciate you. We appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, you're awesome. You're the, you're the best. And they're calling him the best of all time. You know, as many hugs as you want, Steve. As many hugs as you want. And that's why Steve Austin has turned heel because he is a coward and a disturbed man. He's hook hungry. <laughs> and people argue at the time that this was worse because unlike before where it's like, oh, he's just been a ruthless son of a bitch. Now it's like, he's healed because he is this horrible, nauseating... Like child. Like yeah. Him. He is this anti-Austin. It's not like, oh, it's just the same old badass but a different kind of slant on it. It's like, no, he is just this weird, a paranoid... Yeah. Ooh, it's powerful stuff. I can't wait because Austin hates this shit. And as it stands, it's in a murky period of time. What did you think of our main event? Adam? Yeah, it was okay. I think there's the, when you've set up that WWF is the one big wrestling company and you've got these two little underdogs that are fighting from underneath and then the main event is, like you say, it's the WWF guys killing the Coalition guys and every time the Coalition starts, no, you're dead again. Yeah. It was a rubbish story, I thought, and it mm. really summed up the whole angle Because you were well. quite high on the Raws we've been watching. Oh yeah, big yeah, time. I've yeah. been loving the whole period. Have you? So are you still loving the period? Problem with the show? Or? It's beginning to grate on me a bit more now how evident it is that the invasion itself, like the stuff about Austin and Vince, what you just described there, that little wrinkle, it's he's, really he's great, jealous, right? yeah. that is incredible. Like that is the kind of wrestling writing you never get and the what fact- brings in like the, the Rock is coming back is Austin's paranoia that's how you find out that The Rock is probably going to come back yeah. Yeah, that's awesome but during the invasion that's yeah. where it gets a bit messy yeah. and the fact the invasion is just they're not making the coalition look good they've not got the stars for it it's starting to the cracks are really starting to show now well, they got their star now Steve Austin that's yeah, who it's yeah. going to be all about Billy what do you think of the main event enjoyed the second half did not enjoy the first it just feels weird that you know they're, they're trying to make WCW and ECW look like a credible threat by not doing that. And the only way that they won was by having a WWF guy turn heel. It's like they're trying to not have their cake and not eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the end of the match where it's like Booker T gets the pin. It's like one, two, three. Can you dig it, sucker? And then Austin's music just plays. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, get out of the ring. And they all, they all share a beer. It's like Shane and Stephanie, Paul and Austin share a beer together. That was Invasion! Highest grossing non-Mestrania pay-per-view of all time. I would say it's the first real bump in the road because we've had a lot of, oh, this might bode well, but this is very much a... Yeah. Yeah. Just so you all know, the reason why the Alliance really won here tonight, according to Who Better Than Canyon, was that we was all tied up. It was five apiece. And the real reason we won and we got the edge was that we won in a six-man tag. And who was the one who helped that match happen? It was me, Canyon. Who better than Canyon? <laughs> so he's the MVP because their victory here tonight. Really all about... about Let's start it off. All about Canyon there. Yeah. Thoughts on the pay-per-view as a whole. I mean, for me, I enjoyed this. It was a lot better than I remembered. I enjoyed the main event a lot more. I remember hating it. But that Rob Van Dam match, the Billy Kidman match, even the opening tag. This was a good show yeah. that had a couple of clunkers, and those clunkers were, I don't know, just seemed like a bad mix of styles or lack of storyline or the invasion angle being spread too thin. What do you think? Adam? 
Uh, I completely agree. It was a mixed bag of a show, more good than bad. The parts that I remember being good are still good. The parts that I remember being shit are still very much shit. But just overall, yeah, it's good, but it's really starting to remind me now, oh, this is why people hate the Invasion Era. This whole time I've been like, people are idiots. This is great. This is really good stuff. <laughs> And now I am like, oh wait, yeah, this isn't all gonna be so smooth, is it? It's weird, like it's better than I remember, but still like I can still see why people don't like it. Billy, what do you think? Like you guys said, it's you know, the, the good outweighs the bad, but the bad does leave a more sour taste in your mouth than <laughs> yeah. usual. Yeah. yeah. Just because I think it's just a matter of lost potential. Austin heel turn, um, I felt I saw it coming a mile off. And obviously, I didn't know that he was going to turn heel again. So, like, was that even by the old Stone Cold strip? Like, yeah, he'll be heel again? Yeah. Or, wow. From that, I was, I was like, yeah, they're not doing that. And just to show how, like, predictable it was, literally, as soon as he turns heel again, they cut to the crowd, and there's a guy with a sign that says, Austin316 says, I just sold out. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy had come with that, like, in his head already, Austin's turning heel tonight. And you shouldn't, you should, your writing shouldn't be that predictable where the fans are coming with pre written signs. Yeah, there shouldn't be spoilers being held up on pieces of cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> Match of the night, MVP, Adam. Easy, uh, RVD and Jeff Hardy, without mm. a doubt. Like, that was just the, the best match on the show. And I'm going to straight away say RVD's my MVP as well. Yeah. Just because no one else out of all the new influx of talent really came out here and said, I'm going to show you something that you've never, ever seen before. And I'm you're going to remember you. this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Billy, match of the MVP. Echo Adam, both. Yeah, wow, yeah. I'm going to say as well. Um, I'm echoing as well. All I three. love RVD. RVD, I think, is in uh, the Billy Keeble Faye Five. Oh my wow. goodness! Of all time, all time Faye Five of all so. time. I I think so. I'm a big big fan of RVD. Fabulous. Was, I actually f- forgot he was here. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember, like. It, I forgot that he turned up at the ECW invasion. I yeah. Was, I was just like, when RVD hit Matt, Matt Hardy, I was just like, wait a minute, RVD is here. Yeah. But he was just another guy in that RVD. big group. Yeah. You love RVD guys, don't you? <laughs> when did they start making these things? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm a big fan of RVD, and it was great seeing him. And he was great. Jeff was great as well. So yeah. special mention to Jeff. Special mention to Austin purely by the fact that you said that he had a broken back. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was impressive what you achieved tonight. Workhorse. That's going to do it for this episode of the Attitude Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. And our next episode, we're going to be watching episodes one, two, and three of season one of Tough Enough, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're doing three episodes because if it turns out to be a complete catastrophe, we said we've done a bit. And uh, if it's fun, we can always do more. As always, if you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, or on Stitcher, make sure you leave us a rating or review. Go back and check out our other episodes, Season 1, The Added Era, Season 2, The Rock's Return, and a bevy of Bono episodes in between. Head on over to facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era podcast and you will find lots of videos based on clips from our show. We've got, I think at time of recording, probably around 60 videos Holy on there. And I'm always on the lookout for more. So if you have any ideas, any moments from this episode or previous episodes that you think would make a good video clip, let me know at Bibblops on Twitter and chances are I'll probably get around to it. Oh, and send him grunts as well. I'm always putting together grunt videos all the time. You know, I, I live, breathe, and sleep grunts. So if you have any out there that you've not heard me talk about, send them on in. I'll have a good time in private, and then I'll make a nice little video for everyone. A lot of people wondering why you've not done any Lex Luger grunts in your videos. I'm not a WCW guy. There we go. Yeah, let me know. If you've got a Luger grunt out there, send it my way. Or maybe we save it if we ever decide to do WCW, <laughs> okay? Don't spoil his appetite. If you are Stuff and Things merchant like myself, 
head on over to botchamania.com. Stuff. Things. Glory. <laughs> Alright, sorry. <laughs> Mate, you, the Americans are really going to be intimidated by your if you want to support the Editor Podcast and get access to some extra goodies, you can for your eyes and your ears and your brain. Patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. Become a backer, support the show, help us make this show, and get access to some amazing rewards. If you become a $1 backer, you get access to all of our show notes. A $5 backer gets you access to the Smackdown Crawl. 20 episodes plus up now, plus two new every single month. You get one with a $5 backer now, you get access to the entire back catalogue. $10 gets you access to a monthly Q&A episode with myself where you can ask me anything, get updates on all the shows and what's happening. And if you become a $20 backer, you can become a Dan 7 tier reward recipient. Get all of our commentary tracks for free, as well as all future commentary tracks for free. And we've got a few in the works. Looks like Adam Bibolo's night's going to be turned inside out, if you know what I'm saying. Pixar inside out? No, Triple H inside out. <laughs> But until next time, where we're going to see which of us is tough enough, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time. Season 3 rolls on of the Attitude Era podcast. <laughs>